Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Boss Triple Lounge. My name is Patrick. Listen to episode 38. That's crazy. We've actually gone 38 episodes so far. No Josh this week, but I'm joined by Seth and Steve. So, hi, everyone. Hey, everyone. He was on too good of a streak. G'day there, coppers. He yeah, was. Yeah, he he was, indeed. was on a bit of a hot streak there, wasn't he? Had to, had to take him down a peck by behanning him. Possibly, <laughs> possibly, didn't possibly him. ejecting him from the podcast. I thought right. it worked because we just into the group chat with us three. We just didn't tell him. We changed... Um, the time of the recording, that's it, all the best, big fella. <laughs> you show up tomorrow, where is everybody? I don't know. It's, it's, it really is so much easier when you keep employees on a contract basis rather than giving them rights as any kind of full-time employee. Am I right, fellas? What are we, Nintendo? Exactly. What are we, any company that uses contractors? So Down hopefully, to me. hopefully we shouldn't make fun of contractors, I'm a contractor. Mm, well, funny we that. make fun of you in every episode anyway. Anyway. Um, uh, my mic should hopefully be better this week. I am back in my, uh, <laughs> in my, uh, totally not going to give away my address location. Rats. Uh, <laughs> yeah, almost, almost. Uh, Doxing is Josh's yeah. specialty. It's true. It's true. That, that, that is why we had to ban him. Um, I, uh, had one of those plane flights where, uh, pilot says there'll be a few bumps climbing out of the, uh, climbing out of Wellington. Well, climbing out of you know wherever uh and uh, bumps well i mean it's it's a, it's a city of four hundred thousand. good luck but uh actually might be my, more than that now anyway anyway i wipe it uh, off the face of the earth you can try uh but uh it was one of those bumps b- through like half the flight and normally it's fine right like you know a bit, bit of turbulence here and there it's basically a roller coaster but i but i don't have to worry about being tall enough to ride it um or the same fear of death. But it's one of those, uh, because the leg room, I, I, I sit in the exit row, and by exit row, I mean right up the front. Uh, and, Far out. Uh, Do you have to pay extra for that? Normally, yes. Woo, <laughs> uh, you just sit there and hope no one kicks you out? Well, no, no, no. Uh, we we uh, had a bunch of travel disrupted by COVID, so we've just been uh, running through the backlog of, uh, of booking credit. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, but uh, it was one of those uh I'm, I'm sitting i'm sitting basically across from the the two flight attendants on the jump seats and they're talking and you know plane plane sort of jumping up and down or whatever but there's there's nothing more unsettling than when the plane goes through a bit of turbulence and then the flight attendants stop talking you're like uh-oh <laughs> is this is this no. the end for old gill <laughs> nah it's fine i trust as, man. as 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 you can hear i made it it's fine uh, but yeah, fun, fun little excursion away. What have you two been up to? Uh, I made myself. Well, not Steph. You can go first. My one's really funny. So I, I was I'll just going to say. I was just going to say. I've actually been up to a lot, but I'll save that for around the lounge. Oh no! Um, and I have got an air fryer, and I tried to make myself some homemade uh, KFC, and I completely fucked it up. I don't. I haven't given myself. Salmonella poisoning, I don't think. It's only been uh, half an hour, but let's see how we go. Well, the first question, uh, did you find the air fryer on the side of the road? And follow-up question, is it cursed? Uh, one, no, it was handed to me by a delivery man. And two, uh, I don't know. I've only had it, I got it, literally got it yesterday, so I haven't been able to uh, sense any bad vibes off it just yet, but the ghost might, probably only comes out at night. Now, you might what have fucked the- up the chicken recipe, but how was the air fryer itself? <laughs> yeah, it's okay. I fucked up the air fryer recipe. 
Because I used like little pieces of chicken and I essentially like I sort of ran out of room in the air fryer and I was just using like handfuls um, of like the pre-diced stir fry stuff because it was on special. And then I was like, well, I've got all this batter and flour and stuff left over. So I just sort of put it in a, a normal frying pan and I sort of made myself a weird omelet that's just like very heavy because I soaked it in buttermilk for like 24 hours. That wasn't as funny as what I thought it was going to be. But let me tell you, the, ca- the chicken I made was very disappointing. Almost disappointing as the story, but uh, so why, why was it disappointing? <laughs> what, you, you ran out of air in the air fryer? Uh, no, I ran out of fryer in the air fryer. Um, so it was just air, ha ha ha. Uh, <laughs> no, it was it's just sort of wasn't crispy enough. And I, I wasn't sure if it was because I put not enough batter or too much batter on. Like some of the flour mix that I made didn't really sort of set properly, so it was a bit like powdery. I don't know. It, yeah, I'll try again. I'll report so, it next week. So what, what it sounds like is that in one half of your air fryer was a bunch of chicken, possibly raw, and in the other half of your air fryer was you accidentally baking a cake. Hmm. Yes. So Not me, wrong in the slightest. To me, Some this might- sounds like a skill issue because I've had no problems with my air fryer. Well, to me, it sounds like we should just revisit the is it cursed because that sounds fucking cursed to me. Maybe, maybe it is cursed now. Um, it's, it, when you really think about it, it's fucked up when you've got like uh, chicken pieces and you put it in like um, the fetus of the unborn and you sort of put it in like flour and stuff and hope for the best. Aren't humans the most cursed when you really think about it? No. Yes. It, it's whatever you touch. <laughs> That's what's cursed. Oh, me. Oh, rats. I don't know, oh, I, feel like, I feel like philosophers got to this conclusion a couple thousand years ago, but thanks for catching up, Steve. Right, uh, well, uh, probably not too much more to harp on there. Would ask how Josh's week has been, but I'm sure we'll find out tomorrow when he sits in this Discord chat alone and records himself. Or just insert his own, uh, his own uh, round of lounge where he does it by himself. He also gets album of the week because, of course, there is no Josh. Therefore, there is no Josh's album of that the week. That was the week. one I meant. <laughs> Apologies for that. Seth, round the lounge. What have you been up to this week? Uh, I've been up to quite a bit. Um, so we were going to talk about it because we went on a cute little date. But um, uh, Josh and I went and watched a children's movie, uh, Dragon Ball Super <laughs> Superhero. <laughs> I thought it was the Minions movie. No, 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 even even more childish than that. We went and watched a superhero film. Um, Together or with children? Uh-oh. I refuse to elaborate. I, mm. I do not want the FBI knocking on my door. You could, you could just say no, that just saying that makes it seem like more <laughs> sus. You know what? I'm just going to call them to your house. No, um. don't. <laughs> um, and... I'm not going to get into them this week because we've got a lot of news to cover, but um, I- We're still talking about Josh, right? No, no, not, not Josh this time. This is all stuff I've done on my own time. Um, I played a good chunk of Rollerdrome now because that came out at the end of last week. And also Saints Row came out uh, this morning or yesterday night, and I've played about an hour of that, so- um, yeah, I'll get into those in, a few, in future episodes when I have a bit more to dig into for them. Sounds good. Steve, what have you been up to this week? Other than possibly, uh, some, uh, possibly putting salmon in your chicken. 
Oh, fuck. I knew you were going to say giving yourself salmonella. I'm like, oh, it's not salmon. Fuck, man. You're already three <laughs> steps ahead of me, aren't you? Um, well, I well, actually, I'm pl- just two hours ahead of you, but, you know, I'll take what yeah. I can get. What's it like in the future? What's the wordle? <laughs> uh, you're going to get food poisoning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Sorry, boss. I can't come in um, tomorrow. <laughs> I'm vigorously shooting out my insides. <laughs> Please do not report me to HR. Anyway, <clears throat> in terms of video games. I have been playing 12 minutes uh, because after 12 I... 12 minutes of what? Uh, the game is called 12 minutes. Yep. 12 minutes of what? <laughs> no, it's just 12 minutes. The game is called 12 minutes. But what do you do in those 12 minutes? Oh, well, that's what we'll get into when I talk about the, the game. Because it's you- a point and click adventure. And as I said a couple of weeks ago, point and click adventures is actually wiped off the face of the planet. Can you, can you lose now- in 12 minutes? Oh, no. I guess so. You just kind of get stuck. Know? Well, let's 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 save that when I get into it. What have you been doing, Pat? So, so some someone could say that you've lost the game then. Ah, uh, it's been so we're long. Really, we're really doing oh, the game stuff. It's, well, I mean, it's been twelve minutes, really, so it hasn't been too long. God, you okay, just I'm turned done. it back around on me, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> you just had to do me like that. <laughs> uh, what have you been up to, Patrick? So I, uh, as I hinted at in the last episode. Uh, could not wait to get back to uh, the ca- Casa del del Mi uh, for for all the all the Spanish speakers out there. Uh, playing Cult of the Lamb, which was released back uh, when I was in Wellington, which uh, would have been sometime last week. But I've been playing that for uh, about five hours, so slightly more than Seth Saints Row excursion. And I have some thoughts. Can't wait to get into them. Uh, that's basically been it because the rest of it, I haven't been near a gaming computer. <laughs> well, there are so, other things you can like, if you had, if you had an Xbox game pass, you could, um, stream with the X cloud. That sounds cool. X cloud, XX, the X makes for extreme. <laughs> I don't think either of our country's internet connections are good for streaming yet. You'd probably use mobile data. Get that 5G. Ever since I got that third vaccine, far fine, best internet. So that explains why you suddenly really like Xbox. I knew they had. To <laughs> <laughs> I'm a plant. Uh, yeah, no, I'm. I'm sure we'll get into that. Why don't we start with Steve? Twelve minutes. Twelve minutes. I'm All giving right. you twelve minutes for this section. Okay, actually, um, that's actually really ridiculous because. 12 minutes is a point and click adventure in which you have 10 minutes to figure out the puzzle and um, uh, resolve everything, which when you think about it, is pretty wild. Are the extra two minutes the end credits? Um, no, there's a puzzle for it. Yeah, you want to talk about it, Seth? No. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've watched I've watched. No, you just game. jump in, man. I just, it, no, it's just, it's just uh, fine, man. If you want to do it, that's fine. Just take my bit. I'm busy anyway. No, no, because the only thing I'm play. going to have to say oh is... Oh, my God. <laughs> Steve, it's fine. Just take six minutes each. <laughs> Fuck, it's not hard. I only Ooh, need 30 seconds to explain that. why that game upsets me. You, are, you only need 30 seconds for a lot of things, big fella. Am I right, fellas? Am I right, ladies? No, that's even... That's still too long for me. Okay, right, marathon, man. Sit down. <laughs> um, okay, so... Let's, let's rewind. We, we're going too far. Um, I'm going to label this with like heavy spoiler warning. If you want to play 12 minutes, um, probably don't listen to this. Uh, skip ahead. No, listen to the podcast. Just skip ahead 12 minutes because um, we still need those views. 
12 minutes takes place in a single apartment. It's a point and click adventure. And you're trying to figure out uh, the mystery of why this man is literally kicking in your door, um, killing you and killing your wife. Like you're trying to work out what's going on. And why you're stuck um, in a time loop for it as well. Yep. You took the words out of my mouth. Like, cause every time you get killed, you rewind 10 minutes and then you have to read it. Like you redo it and you're aware of uh, the character you're playing is aware of the previous loop. It's interesting because uh, despite the gameplay, which I'll talk about, uh, there are four voices pretty much, or five being the 911 operator. They pretty much three voices are held consistently. Like you, the character that you play is um, voiced by James McAvoy. Uh, your wife is voiced by Daisy Ridley. Uh, and the man coming to kill you is William Defoe. Willem. Uh, oh, sorry, it is Willem. Sorry. Oh, whatever. I've only seen it. It doesn't matter. Willem Defoe. The Green um, Goblin. The Green Goblin, and not uh, Willem Friend. Well, no, because then he <laughs> wouldn't be kicking in the door. <laughs> Maybe he's kicking in the door with cake. Happy birthday. Uh, so I remember saying, leading up to this that... There was a lot of hype around it because of the cast. Everyone's like, whoa, whoa, Daisy Ridley, James McAvoy, Willem Dafoe. What are they doing? They're in a video game. What are they doing? Um, they, they lend their voices and that's it. It's a, the camera is from like a top-down point of view. So you don't really see their face. There's like a peephole where you can sort of see um, Willem's character, but there's no real features or anything. It's sort of blurry, so it doesn't really matter. And for the most part, their voices are fantastic. Probably one of the best voice acting I've played in a video game, which is really good. It, it gets to those, like, the tense moments. You can really hear it in their voice that it's like these people are not only trained professionals, but they are very good at what they do. You really think so? Because when I saw it, I thought it was a bit stiff. Really? Oh, I didn't think so. Maybe. So there are many, because I've gone through the, I literally, hmm, I don't know, how do I frame this? To get, I was pushed forward by this narrative in such a way that it was like, I hated the gameplay because it is essentially a point and click adventure and the puzzles are, are harder to solve because of the top down perspective to the point where it's almost obtuse to the fact you can't see things that despite all those gameplay choices and how to play the game the narrative and the voice acting was pushing me forward because I was like I had to find out what was going on and I think that was because of half the voice acting was really good like if it was if they weren't doing a good job with the voice acting if it was probably like text-based I wouldn't have cared so much like I literally found myself like okay I want to play to a couple of loops and I'll Stop. But I was like, nah, nah, nah. Okay, I know what to do now. One more loop, and then one more loop, and then one more loop. And I was... Did you ever hit a wall and feel like you needed to look up a guide? Because some I of had those... to look up a guide twice. Okay, yeah, because some of those, uh, some of those uh, puzzles looks like you'll eventually hit a wall and just kind of be, like, banging against a loop multiple times until you finally figure out what you're meant to do. Yeah, and, and for those, both of the ones that I got stuck on... Well, actually, one of them was because of the top-down perspective. Like, I had to find a vent 
underneath the medicine cabinet. And I could, I literally couldn't find it. Like it's like I, you open the medicine cabinet and there's like a little gap underneath it to click a vent. I could not, I couldn't see that just because of the, the perspective of the camera being top down. And then when you do click into it, it gives you like a, a close up of the, the medicine cabinet. And I just couldn't see it. And it was ridiculous. Yeah, the, the vent uh, is hidden in like layers upon layers of um, clicks. Yeah, and like even to like get the hint about the vent, you sort of like have to hide in the wardrobe and wait for the scene to play out, um, which I thought was actually really good. And I sort of stumbled upon accidentally. But and a lot, half of the clues, or probably a good 90% of the clues I found were accidental. But that was just playing the game, going through, interacting with this, saying that to the wife. Yeah, it's it's a lot of trial and error and trying to find out what will progress the um well, yeah, the loops. what will progress the story, what can I do, what's going on. Uh and that that was really good that trial and error and maybe it's because of the 10 minute loop I always knew it was like okay, I I wasn't feeling that punished if I got something wrong and had to redo it. Saying that though there is no fast forward button, so if I knew if I uh, stuffed up on a key moment that I wanted to do. It was like, okay, well, I'm just going to stand around and play on my phone for a bit while I wait for the, the loop to end. And or you can try to kill yourself really quickly. Yeah, I never bothered with it. <laughs> like you, you, you flick the light on and off. I could never really get it to work except for like once or twice. You can, um, uh, you can shove the knife into the, um, at the broken socket. <laughs> oh, you can also stab yourself as well um, and give yourself sleeping pills. That sort of just sort of resets it. But I was like, you know what? I'll wait the three minutes rather than clicking around because I'd get, and maybe because, okay, to, to give it even more background context, I was playing this um, through the magic of the Game Pass because it's leaving on August the 30th, so everybody get in while you can. It is a very short game, about three or four hours. And well, I was playing. Hey, wait, wait, it's not 12 minutes? No, it's 10. The loop is 10. I wasn't joking when I said that. Oh, the, no, the, no. It, it well, technically. <laughs> It does take more you... than 12 minutes to finish the game, yes. Can Sorry, you just do it in 12? Uh, you could, probably. yes. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Probably. GDQ, GDQ 12 minutes? Any percent speedrun? Probably. Oh, glitchless speedrun? Probably. But uh, anyway, so I was playing this with the controller and a point in, and, and, and maybe that's my fault. Maybe with a mouse and keyboard, it's a little bit better, I think. Having a point-and-click adventure with the controller does it no justice, especially when, like, you have to point to a place on the floor to click and, and you yeah, walk over you're, to you're it. Not, you're not pointing and clicking at that point, right? You don't have a, a Wiimote to point and click. Yeah, exactly. it's just I'm moving a thumbstick to move a pointer on the screen. Like, it, it would be so, like, much better if using, like, the... Even the D-pad or the, the analog sticks to sort of progress in those rooms, I feel, would have been, like, just sort of felt a lot better. And then maybe when you're doing like a close-up interaction, you do have the the pointer thing that you're controlling with the analog sticks. I just, it just felt very weird. And to be honest, maybe that's my fault because I was playing a new, on a controller. But then at the same time, this is available for everything. It's on Xbox. It should, it should yeah. have controller support properly. Yeah, it, it's, it's on Xbox, it's on PlayStation, it's on the fucking Switch. Um, also, I am sad to report that the fastest speed run for 12 minutes is 14 minutes, 23 seconds. God uh, damn dogs. it. We've got to do it faster, fellas. We that's can rebuild. That's so disappointing. Uh, that's pretty shit. Um, but yeah, I, 
I ended up enjoying it. I started off really hating it because of the the way the game plays, but the narrative drove me to complete it. And uh, do you guys care if I spoil it? I already know it, so no. Do you care, Pat? No. Okay, so it takes to do with twelve minutes. Well, it takes fourteen apparently. Um, so the, the the big thing about this is it turns out um, you're having a child with your wife, but it turns out uh, your wife is your half sister. Um, that and it's the the ending is pretty pretty rough because it's like oh shit I completely forgot that I killed my father, and it's like what do you mean you forgot you killed your father like you're literally taking the piss here. Um, and then the, you have to find a way to sort of escape the time loop. And then there's a bit of magic that happens and you've sort of just got to either accept the fact that this is fucked up or... Uh, it's been 10 of, minutes, we've got to return to the start of the loop. Yeah, pretty much. Like, it's, you got to accept that you fucked up. And no, you no, no, sort of, I mean, it's been 10 minutes, we've got to return <laughs> to the start of the loop. Oh. Okay, so 12 minutes is a point-and-click <laughs> adventure. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like... It, I enjoyed it. I'm, if people like point-and-click adventures, uh, go play it. I, I'd encourage well, people to well, check. Hang on. If people like point-and-click adventures, they need, they need professional help. Yes, no, 100%. Like it's, it, that was literally going to be my second point. Like When they get let out of the, the facility that they're being held in, uh, maybe they're allowed 12 minutes um, to play a game. Man, I'm looking forward to that new Monkey Island game. Just, just yeah. another a good yeah. point-and-click adventure game. You and no one else both, big fella. I'll There's plenty much. of people that are interested in it. Some uh, even listen to the podcast. Okay, it's two people. Did, did you have to pay to get your room with all those padded walls? Or did the government do that for you, Seth? What do you mean, padded walls? It's just white in here. It's concrete. It's concrete that I keep smashing my head against. Is the point and click adventure on the uh, in the room with us now? Yes. You say like you say it's like smashing minutes. your head against you, <laughs> you say about smashing your head against the concrete, and that's what some of these puzzles are. Um, but I, I, I at the end yeah. of the day, I hated it when I started. I came away really enjoying it. The ending uh, was fucking weird, but I think it's because they set themselves up in a way that it was like, well. Batshit insane. Let's just make the ending batshit insane. Yeah, but the, the ending goes into didn't. the direction of um. So what happens is uh, you find a clock and you got to turn it back to twelve minutes before the loop will begin, and that's where the yeah. twelve minutes comes in. And it's a twelve minute. Yeah, and which is a fucking. You find out that um, this entire thing is just hypnosis from the father trying to convince you to not fuck your half sister. Oh, no, I didn't does get it, it was a hip- does, I didn't get it was a hypnosis work? thing. The um, uh, the true ending, I believe, is you going under hypnosis and restarting the loop. No, oh, I don't think I've. Got, oh, I haven't gotten. The, I don't think I got the true ending. I got the one where it was like, "No, nah, fuck you. I'm just gonna not talk to the girl." Um, but I am gonna go back and achievement hunt it because bad I bad ending. You're paying child support. Well, bad ending. You've got a. You've had a kid with your half sister. <laughs> well, big yikes from me. Big Tasmania moment. You are the child. <laughs> I think aren't the bad, bad endings oh, you oh. accidentally kill the father? Or does that um, restart that, the loop? That restarts the loop. It does, um, yeah. Yeah, that restarts the loop. It would I think you sort of like get into a push and shove match and before anybody can do anything, it restarts. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, like the too long didn't read. I enjoyed it. 
I'm not sure if everybody will enjoy it. I, I if I paid money for this, I'd pretty be pretty burned to be honest. Like not just because it's like a short game. I don't really care about that. It's just I point and click adventures don't ex- shouldn't exist in this day and age, at least without some sort of doing something innovative. Without microtransactions. Yeah, I've been saying that for years. 12 minutes come on a fortnight, confirm. But see, um, th- this is the entire thing of your um uh, your conversation as well, uh, uh, Steve, because point and click adventures exist to be very interesting narrative games, and that's what you got out of the game, even though it's yeah, in a genre that you dislike. No, but- that, that's true. And that's true. And that's true. I'll, I'll wear my point and click adventure hat on that. <laughs> but at the same time, it doesn't need to be a point and click adventure. Like, just because I could use a cursor didn't really change anything. Like, I could literally have just been able to control my character, walked up to something and pressed A, and I would have, like, okay, this is the same thing. Yeah, and, um, and um, there's been evolutions of point-and-click adventures where they are, like, more move-around, but you still have those, like, let's just try this key on every single thing until we find out where the puzzle is meant to go, like... Yeah, no, in, in, yeah, a yeah, sense, in a sense, yeah. Resident Evil, like, exploring the mansion is a point-and-click adventure. Well, everything's a point-and-click adventure, if you really... You, you point your gun at something and you click the button to shoot... Oh, no, no, I just meant the puzzle aspects of it, not, not the shoot-the-zombies part. All puzzle games are point-and-click adventures, confirmed. Yes. All video games are point-and-click adventures. You're pointing at something and you're doing something, right? Um, but it, if you really it, think it just, about it, every video game is an RPG. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. And a point-and-click RPG, if you would say. Um, isn't everything... A, when we work on a computer, isn't that a point-and-click? Um, you're pointing your cursor at something and you're clicking on the keyboard. Um, anyway, it's a good game. It's hampered by the, the camera thing. Point-and-click adventures shouldn't exist. Either get it for less than ten dollars, watch uh, someone playing through it. Yeah, I, I think it's something you can just watch someone it. play, and you'll get the same out of it. Really, I don't know the, the satisfaction of solving those puzzles yourself. True, but if you're only in a narrative, then watching it, I think, is fine. Yeah, but maybe it's one of those Stockholm syndrome things because I was thrashing my head against it to try to find the right solution. Also, I was if you if you want to gauge. If you want a gauge of our um, price, it's currently $36 on Steam. Oh, $36? Okay, if you paid thought... for that, you have rocks in your fucking head. <laughs> I thought no we were more than 10. Uh, much lower on the, on the old price spectrum, but $36. Yeah, I knew it was like priced around that. I think it was priced around like 50 when it first came out, at least for the Xbox version. And I reckon if you paid that much money for it, uh, yeah, fucking rocks in your head. Like it is, it is sort of limited. Like once you've sold solved the puzzle on how to get there it's like okay like i've finished the narrative it's done um but yeah it's on, it was on game pass that's why i played it it's leaving game pass august 30th probably won't hear it by the time i'm here but oh well 12 minutes uh, seven out of ten future seth will uh will whip that up for us uh seven out of ten thank you for that uh actually seth, no, I, no no i changed my mind it's not a seven i reckon it's a five sorry it's a five five out of ten yeah wow, it's like whole okay. two points dropped in like the span of two seconds no, nah, I rethought about it. Like the the camera angles, some of the puzzles being obtuse, and and the fact it's a point and click game. Yes, yeah, so it's yes, it doesn't do anything different. But yes, five out of, five out of ten is is good. It's okay. Like it's, eh. you'd recommend it to a friend. Hmm. Maybe I would recommend someone experiencing. You know what? I don't know. 
Possibly. If someone I knew really enjoyed point and click adventures and it was like maybe less than ten or five dollars, I'd recommend it to them. There might be someone else joining you in that in that uh, concrete room of yours, Seth. Mm. Uh, please, I'll, I'll never be like visitors. Um, I'll never be <laughs> saved. Don't worry, the, the, the state government clicks. doesn't like it when you get visitors either. <laughs> uh, uh, do you still have the Do you still have the the time list up for the speedruns? Uh no, but I can get it very quickly. So, Why? Uh, well, Steve finally finished talking about it at 17 minutes and about 30. Ah, shit. Let's, let's say 30 seconds. I'm just trying to see where he's at on the leaderboard with that. Uh, about 11th place. Yeah, All right. There's only 12 people on the speed run at the moment. A little. 12 oh. people speed running 12 <laughs> minutes. The, and... the world record was made 11 months ago as well, for the record. 11 months ago? When did this game come out? Like, a year ago. December the 7th, 2021. Who caught it 11 months ago? Uh... Oh, no, 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 August 19, 2021. Yeah. Um... Well, yeah, well, that's, well, that's what it, the yeah. of that mystery, Sorry. and it wasn't from top-down perspective, and didn't... Well, actually, it was a point-and-click for that mystery. Shit, okay. It's 12 minutes the whole way down. Anyway, thank you for that, Steve. Seth? Uh, yes. I... Which one of yours do you want to hit first? I'm I'm just going said... to do Dragon Ball Super this week. Yeah, okay. Wasn't sure which one of those you were going to delay, yeah. but yeah, all right. Dragon Ball Super. Okay. With it. Um, so Dragon Ball Super Superhero is a very stupidly named movie for the um the Dragon Ball series, and as the name would suggest, it has superheroes in it. The entire theming of the movie is based around um someone wanting to create androids to be superheroes. Um, I. I don't know how much of this I want to get into spoiler territory, really. Um, but let let's just give a brief overview for now, and I'll give my impressions. So, um, spoiler warning. No, no spoiler warning. I don't think I'll say anything that isn't in marketing this week. Um, so, uh, ev- everything from the uh, marketing would suggest that this is supposed to be a Gohan movie, like. Um, they, yes. they really pushed that um, Pan gets uh, uh, kidnapped. He's got to step up and rescue her. But that is a lie. This is a Piccolo movie through and through. Um, Piccolo, oh, nice. Yeah, and I think that's really great. Uh, Piccolo getting to be a, the main character of a movie is really refreshing for the series. Um, he's, he's, a, he's introduced training Pan early on in the movie, and he's the first one that's attacked by the villains. And... Uh, um, that just kind of sets off a chain reaction of him infiltrating their base, um, finding out their plan, and then going deeper and deeper until he's like he's convinced he needs to spur Gohan into action. And then the villains uh, kidnap Pan, which is what essentially gets Gohan into the action himself. So um, yeah, uh, it follows Piccolo's point of view for the story pretty much the entire time, and it's really unique for that reason alone and really interesting um it's also the first time they're doing a fully 3d animated movie for dragon ball and I yeah think- i don't i've seen yeah, in the trailers and stuff i i don't know it doesn't, it doesn't look very good i felt it looked great um yeah mm. yeah no, maybe it's just one of those things like in theaters it looks a lot better than yeah no in um, theaters it looks really nice um okay and they do a lot of fun stuff with the 3d as well that's they haven't really explored in 2D. 
um, like they do a lot of um at tracking and at, uh weird camera movements that they do that they can do with a 3D camera now that's it. Typically, you'd have to animate around by hand before, so um, things that would have been a bit more frustrating to do, like uh, uh, you'll get a shot of Goku shooting a beam, and then the camera will like follow that beam around instead of like doing a cut. Um, so oh, interesting. That's yeah. shit. <laughs> yes, uh, yes, I haven't seen it though. So it it does. It um, it, it's like when uh, the Broly movie that came out two years ago. Did the, um, oh fuck, that's a good movie. Oh, it's so fucking good. Um, it's like when it did the um first person uh perspective where um that was the worst part of the movie. I thought it, <laughs> I, I thought it was really fun though. I thought that was <laughs> really. really it, uh... it, it was it was brand new. It was never done in Dragon Ball before. Um, so the novelty of it alone made me really enjoy that. Um, so yeah, it's just like this movie does a little bit of that sort of like we're going to play around with what's typical of Dragon Ball. Um, turn it on its head a little bit, try new things, and see how it goes. Just experiment a little bit, and I think I think it does that really well. Um, the humor throughout the movie is on point as well. It's like consistently funny from beginning to end. There's a lot of. Uh, did, was it the dub or the sub? I watched a dub. Nice. Yeah. Based. I I I don't mind the sub for Dragon Ball, but I much prefer the dub. Yeah, that's and, like a weird thing in my back of my brain as well. I can't stand the. The it, sub. Like, also, I think it's just because we've grown up watching it in dub. Yeah, definitely. Um, I got used to it because of watching Dragon Ball Super week by week when it was. That's true. Oh, yeah. I did the same thing. Yeah. yeah. So so it, now but... I'm used to Grandma Goku, <laughs> but yeah. um, also yeah. because it's it's like a large theater screen, I wasn't I I wasn't sure how I'd handle reading subtitles across like that big, massive area. <laughs> Mm. So it's it's much easier to just tune into like listening to what the dub is saying and uh, keeping track of all the action with my eyes rather than what the subtitles are saying. Um, what else do I want to hit with this? Um, the music's really nice. I don't think it's it hits like a, the Broly movie did because the Broly movie was really weird and experimental with its music as well. Like it had all that chanting going on, like it was chanting characters' names and yeah, that's right. names. Yeah. Um that was sick. Yeah, it was so good. This is more like traditional uh Dragon Ball music, but very, very good uh music. Um Yeah. Uh so I'll back up a little bit and go into like plot overview i guess sorry i'm all over the place with this I, i'm like it is this. josh yeah i was expecting josh to be here to bounce off off with me um yeah so um the the movie starts off with um the red ribbon army is coming back they do it like they've shown this before but there's like a small five minute intro of like going over the red ribbon army's history with goku how back in original dragon ball he um single-handedly destroyed their entire operation. Then in Dragon Ball Z, um, Jiro and Android 19 come back, then release 16, 17, and 18, and eventually Cell comes back, and, um, yeah, everyone has to deal with that. And they ended, they cap it off with, like, how Gohan was the one that defeated Cell. So... Mm. that that's That's, like, the big point of, um, hey, this is gonna be a Gohan movie, because he was the last one to take care of, um the Red Ribbon Army. Um, the new leader of the Red Ribbon Army, uh, his name is Magenta in this. 
And fun fact, he's voiced by um, uh, Chris Martinet, I think is his name. Um, the voice actor for Mario in the Mario games. Oh, um, that's not Chris Pratt. Yeah, no, not, not <laughs> Mario movie, Mario games. Um, yeah, uh, he, he does a fantastic role in this as well. Um, Magenta's a really fun character. Um, I can't believe they made Magenta Italian. That's crazy. Yeah. Isn't that a color? Yes, yes. Uh, it, they, all the Red Ribbon Army c- characters are based on colors. Um, well, the main main Red Ribbon oh, Army yeah. characters. That's right, they are too. There's like Commander yeah. Blue and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, oh, and I think it was General Red was a leader. Yeah, that's right. Um, Red Ribbon. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe they're based on colors. I thought General Blue was just a metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was like General Sad. He, he was actually very happy and like in love with himself. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, Carmine, his assistant, is also extremely funny. Um, he he's got like this weird uh, hobby of um go, uh, making videos for YouTube that gets like five views. Um, where he's spying on the Dragon <laughs> That's Ball. That's crazy. So do we. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he, he he does like this whole production company logo at the beginning of it, like Carmine Productions, edited by Carmine, directed by Carmine. Um. And it's all just videos of him spying on the uh, the Z Warriors and that Capsule Corp, because the Red Ribbon Army is trying to push this agenda on um on Doctor Jiro's grandson. He's the um he's kind of a primary antagonist in this movie, because he's the one that's going to be making the androids that show up in the movie. Um, but yeah, uh, Magenta and uh, Carmine are convincing him that um. Capsule Corp is evil, and uh, um, all their technology, like the capsule uh, technology, the flying cars and spaceships, um, they can't do that themselves. It's all because they're cooperating with aliens. They've been co- uh, cooperating with Namekians and Saiyans, and they show him a they show him a clip of Trunks uh, fighting Frieza, and because Trunks has a Capsule Corp logo on his jacket, that like gets um, Hedo, uh, Jiro's grandson, on their side. Like, it makes him believe them that uh, Capsule Corp is evil. So his, yeah. his mission is um, that he's going to make um, two new androids, and they're going to be superheroes. They, they end up being um, Gamma 1 and Gamma 2. Gamma 1's very, very stoic and kind of serious, um, and Gamma 2's a lot more energetic, more carefree, a lot more personable. Um, Gamma 2's I, I liked both the Gammas in this movie Gamma 2's like the key takeaway because he, he is more personable but in the end I ended up liking both of them overall I think they're both great villains and um, yeah uh, they Gamma 2 comes up, fights Piccolo and that's what ends up getting the whole ball rolling for the um, for the movie and yeah I guess that's where I should stop the plot summary before I start getting into too many spoilers. That's probably for the best. Yeah. Um, yeah, overall, I really, really like this movie. I think I think it's uh, tied with Broly for me for favourite piece of Dragon Ball media in general. Like, Broly and this hits differently for me. Um, Broly is a lot more of the... Um, the in-your-face action that I really enjoy about Dragon Ball Z. Um, it's got a lot of spectacle. It's got a lot of um, high-impact action. The music is, like, very, very in-your-face. And 
weird and different and it kind of gets you into that mood of like this big uh, cinematic fight and that fight scene in Broly goes for like 40 minutes it's insane I know, how good no. is there a similar sort of fight scene in this like there, there is it? there's it once nice. once it gets into the back half it's just um big fight scene but they pace it out a lot better in this movie um this is more um this is more like story focused than what Broly was uh, Broly was a lot of lore and then go into the big fight. This is more about like building up the characters, making the story make sense and pacing it out very well. So there's a lot of little fights at the beginning that, um, that like build up the tension and tension until you get to that crescendo at the end of the big fight. But um, everything in between the fights as well is very interesting, very funny, a lot of um, good character moments. Um, Goku, Vegeta and Broly are in this movie. But they take a back seat, which I think is perfect for this movie. It didn't. If they were in here, it would have um taken away from the stakes that were happening on Earth. Um, Probably the I win the I win button. Yeah, literally the I win button. Broly is the I win button in this scenario. Um, so yeah, uh, they they have a fun thing going on. Um, uh, they they just put into a background of like. Hey, uh, Goku, Vegeta, go fight Broly. You watch because you need to see what it's like to keep your anger in check. Because um, the first no. <laughs> the, the first scene you see of Broly is him about to snap, and Goku's like, "Hold, hold on, hold on. Yeah, don't do that. If you do that, you're just going to blow up the planet." Um, and uh, so yeah, Whis is like, "Here, watch, watch how Goku and Vegeta fight, so that way you can kind of learn by watching, learn by example." And uh, I I'm going to spoil this a little bit. Beerus is fucking hilarious in this movie because he's he get wakes up from his uh, nap. He's complaining about everyone being there, and um, Broly's friends are along on the planet as well on Beerus's planet. So he gets at first he gets introduced to Limo, the little orange alien. Um, and he's like, yeah, I guess you're okay because you you're cooking. Um, I'll I'll taste your food. If I don't like it, I'm going to destroy you. And then uh, Chilai, the um for lack of better words, the hot green alien. <laughs> um, she, she's coming in. <clears throat> she's coming in. She's got like a big bag of um, treasure from around uh, Beerus's home. And she's like talking very loudly. Hey, there wasn't a whole lot of stuff, but I think I've got some valuables here. And Limo's trying to get her to shut up. And she notices Beerus, it freaks out. And um, she puts the bag down and she's like um, talking to it like kind of introducing herself and like you're Beerus the Destroyer aren't you sort of thing and Beerus is just st- is staring at her in instant crush mode um but in like the way that Beerus would do it like he's like oh yeah I like this one um and uh Whis makes a joke about oh yeah Beerus has a type um it's weird that it hasn't come up before though and what a weird thing <laughs> whatever it, it is and, what it is. Yeah, and that, that's kind of a small joke that runs through, like, the Beerus Planet segments. But there's, like, a B-plot that takes up, like, five minutes of the runtime. Um, and if you want the conclusion to that B-plot, you actually have to stick around to the end of the credits. Um, they the, uh, How long were the credit, end credits? The end credits was, like, five minutes. It wasn't that Ooh. long. Maybe, maybe not even that. I've already wet myself because I drank so much water during the movie. <laughs> Yeah, uh, th- this is also a shorter movie. This is like it. I from from beginning to the end of the end credit scene, it's like an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah. How much you guys pay for tickets? 
Um, $23. Each? Yeah, each. Fucking hell. Yeah, Jesus. tickets tickets were not cheap, but um, they were they were more expensive around where you were, weren't they? Yeah, they're, they're like thirty bucks where I was. That's fucked. Yeah, thirty dollars for a movie. Yeah, and just close my eyes and pretend it's the same. <laughs> just <laughs> wait for it to come to Netflix later. Mm, I think Broly is still on Netflix. I got pirated. Yeah, or Crunchyroll. I think Crunchyroll will end up having it with ads. Yeah, probably you can't even watch the dub for free, dogs. Ah, uh, I think Man. so because Crunchyroll owns the dub now. But they're, they're for free members like myself. Oh, you yeah, won't be yeah. able to get the dub. Yeah, you know no. what? I'm, I'm I'm putting Crunchyroll on blast. I'm currently watching Hayaku, that volleyball anime, uh, and because I'm not paying money for it, I have to watch like the the free version with ads, which is fine. I don't mind the ads. I just play on my phone, do other things. The ads is literally Xenoblade Three. I get three ads <laughs> for Xenoblade Three. Um, at the start, the middle, and the end, and I'm like, okay, I'm fucking sick of this. Um, it sort of got me hyped for Xenoblade Three, and then I'm like, I'm fucking sick of it. I but need yeah. to check out Xenoblade at, uh, Xenoblade Three at some point, but I want to play two first. <laughs> and fucking hell, those are like hundred hour long games. Fuck that. Yeah, I think I put like ninety into number two, and like probably eighty into number one. Yeah, I think I did like eighty to ninety in number one. Yeah, I think it was like towards the end. I'm like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm just going to be very underleveled for the final boss. Yeah, yeah. I think I did the same thing for number one. Yeah. It was like that whole like, yeah, save colony nine section. And I was like, no, they can get fucks. <laughs> yeah, all the best, big fella. <laughs> but you yeah. can play that remake. Um, I had a remake here as well. And they have like that whole extra chapter at the end of the remake. <laughs> which, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Which thankfully you don't need to play the entire game to do. You can just load into that. If you've played the original before. Hmm. Anyway, anyway th- this is Dragon out Ball. Uh, out of 10, I'd give this like a... Uh, between an 8 and a 9. Um, Probably leaning more towards a 9 than an 8. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll stick with 9 out of 10. Hmm. I, I really enjoyed it. The humor throughout was very funny. Um. The fact that it's a Piccolo movie gives it extra points. Um, Pan is the most adorable little shit in this movie as well. She's she's super cute. Um, uh, Gohan's great as well. He's really funny. Uh, the Gammas were great. It, it's just a very good movie all around. I had a little bit of a complaint, but that's more for spoiler territory. So maybe I'll get into that next week with Josh. Right. Neat. Uh, fair enough. Cool, thank you for that, Seth. Uh, I guess I will round out Round the Lounge with some Cult of the Lamb chat. So, Cult of the Lamb came out, uh, sort of have it up, uh, 12th, which was 12 days ago. Cool, did come out 12 days ago. Um, one of the ones that we talked about many episodes ago, published by Devolver Digital, uh, which I saw the trailer for and went, I want it. And then... Yeah, yeah, I was also in that same boat. I I was thinking about buying it myself, but I bought Rollerdrome instead because that was also around the same time and both those games looks fantastic. Hmm. So, uh, it is 37 with... uh, Well, uh, 36 New Zealand, so translate that into whatever currency you want. Uh, With... uh, I think there's optional DLC already, which I ended up picking up just because I'd, I'd, I'd already committed. But... Uh, let me give you the highlights. So, 
all up, I would say it's an 8 out of 10. You're thinking, shoot, that's kind of low for a game that seems really high, uh, fairly well hyped. So let me get into that. Uh, that's, why we do the, that's why we do the ratings at the end. Well, I, I just want to do it slightly different. You know? Okay, I wanna, wanna that's fine. Put it. We'll, 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 we'll see how we go. So to build go. up the drama. Right, but I bet you're wondering how I got to that 8 out of 10. Stick around to find out. Uh, <laughs> okay, that was good. <laughs> Uh, you need to do like the Mr. Beast thing. Like, I gave this game 8 out of 10. <laughs> um, right, so it is a weird car crash of a game between uh, satanic, I guess, like cult cultisms and what I perceive Animal Crossing to be. And I say perceive because I've never actually played Animal Crossing myself, but uh, I feel Tom, like from all of the- Tom Nook will break your knees if you're late on rent. I mean, what- Realistically, what's the difference between Tom Nook breaking knees for rent payments and you missing sacrificing a cult follower to the god of the undead? Absolutely none. That's why I'm saying your uh your comparison makes total sense. Perfect, perfect. Already on the money with that one. Sweet. So the the biggest highlight that I can give this game, the whole visual package or the whole like um uh the, the design of the game is just awesome. I love the feel of it. I love the sound. Like, the soundtrack is actually just awesome. The, I'm not even going to call it voice acting because I don't know if it's human voices or not, but the sounds that the characters make in games uh, in the game is very uh, unique and enjoyable and fits perfectly within the context of the world. Uh, the follower kind of designs uh, are great. Uh, so, uh, I'm trying to think of if there's a nice way that I can summarize the game. You die, and then you are saved from death by, uh, a god called the One Who Waits. And he says, I have spared you, go start a cult in my name, and free me from the underworld. And then you, being a little lamb with this absolutely sick hat that you've just been bestowed by the god, uh, by the god of the underworld, go... Honestly, okay. it was good enough that he just revived me by giving me a hat. Uh, sure, why yeah, not? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And so, um, and so the whole thing plays out in the Animal Crossing sense of you need to build up. It's kind of like base building this cult. You, you, you need to kickstart this cult. Uh, and you need to see uh, how quickly you go from... Uh, basically, I, I think, because I haven't actually finished it, I've only put five hours in. I think the end goal of the game is to get tax exemption status from the local government. I think that's where we're trying to get to. With the, Like, you start the cult, and then it turns into a religion, and then you get the mega church, and then you get a private jet. I think that's the, the game progression. <laughs> um, it's, it's a little bit unclear. I'm, st I'm still figuring out some of the mechanics. Uh, but you, uh, you have to recruit people in, into the cult, and so uh, you go on little dungeon crawlery crusades, to uh, find followers, defeat enemies, collect resources, that sort of thing, and then you bring them all back, uh, indoctrinate your followers into the cult, and then they and then they become uh, little sort of worker minions that you that you give them tasks, and then they go around and do stuff. Uh, but it's cool in that uh, everyone, every character that you indoctrinate, you can customize fairly heavily. Like I was surprised how heavily you could customize them. They have a they they have a couple traits that are randomly assigned from a select pool of traits, but you can shape them after a bunch of different animals. Uh, swap up the name, swap up the color. It's not crazy Saints Row character creation screen or anything, but it does allow for a lot of nice variety. And so, uh, I ended up 
looking through this and not even having to adjust my first uh, follower because my first follower was a narwhal. And so I went, yes, please, I'll take that. And sadly, uh, actually, as, as of the, I guess, probably four and a half-ish hour mark of me playing through, uh, the, the narwhal died. Uh, died no! peacefully, I Jesus. assume, in, in, in their sleep, uh, which obviously then becomes a bit of a burden for the other, uh, the other followers because there's now a dead narwhal lying around and you have to figure out what to do with that. And I mean, it's perfectly good meat, so why wouldn't you harvest it and then turn that meat into food for your other followers? And, you know, we slowly crawl towards the tax exemption status. So the, um, the, the overall package of the game, phenomenal. Absolutely just top notch. It's, it's the thing that immediately, uh, that immediately sold me on it. Uh, the soundtrack, absolutely banging. Um, gameplay is a little hard to quantify. And what I mean by that is I haven't played Animal Crossing, so I assume people that really like Animal Crossing will really like the base building side of this game, but that typically isn't... Those typically aren't the sorts of games that I really get into. I prefer the Monster Hunter, surprise, surprise, style of thing of you kind of do upgrades to make your life easier, whereas uh, Cult of the Lamb, it prioritizes base building to... Uh, make your base better, which gives indirect benefits to you. Like, you get better upgrades and that sort of thing, but it's uh, it's only tangentially related to the gear that you use when you're actually doing the combat side. And so the combat side, it's uh, loosely taken me between maybe 10 and 20 minutes for a, for a run, uh, in air quotes. And I think this is, I think, weirdly, I think this is the biggest downfall of the game in that I expected Call to the Lambs uh we'll call it the the combat the combat side of the loop there's the base building side and the combat side I expected the combat side to be kind of Hades-esque of yeah that's how it have... looked in the trailers and the footage I've seen so it, it well H Hades and Binding of Isaac it's probably actually close to Binding of Isaac yeah, um, yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a better yeah. comparison yeah yeah Binding of Isaac uh and and it is uh close to Binding of Isaac in that you uh, randomly walk into different uh, rooms and then at the end there's a boss and that sort of thing. The problem is the there's no... Uh, so I'm playing on medium because that was the developer recommended difficulty and I can't be bothered making it more of a challenge for myself for the sake of it. Uh, but the problem is you don't get to an end goal of... or I'm really trying to think of how to summarize this. If you start a Binding of Isaac run, if you are godly and you've never and and you you're starting on a fresh save there is a chance that you that you beat the binding of isaac run right you make it all the way down and and take out and take out mother uh cult of the lamb will artificially stop you once you get through the first let's say world and it just goes good job you won and then it, and then it shoves you back to to your base uh, to continue upgrading and the problem with that uh mechanic is that you fairly quickly kind of figure out all that there is in each of the levels. So uh, each level is kind of run by, by a boss, basically. Uh, and I have made it to second, the, the second of what I'm presuming to be four or five worlds. So I've already gone through the first one. I'm on the second one. And at least through the first world, I had to beat it four or five times before I got to fight the boss of that world. But each run, each of those four or five runs was basically the same thing. And that would be fine if 
it was me, you know, trying to push towards getting to a higher level, like in Binding of Isaac or in Hades. But it just, it, it sort of feels a little bit underwhelming to give you the congratulations, you, you've made it type uh, gameplay experience and then pushes you back to, to, the, um, to the base building side. And uh, there, there's two problems, and then I'll let you guys jump in if you have any questions. And that the first problem with it is that uh, there's no... So in Binding of Isaac, if you get really good and you have a bunch of stuff unlocked, you start building a run, right? And then you, you, you get a few items and you're like, oh, this is the run. I'm feeling really powerful because of, a, because of the collection of stuff that I have here. And Cult of the Lamb doesn't commit hard enough to that because there are RNG cards that, that will augment abilities and weapons and stuff, and they're really cool. Some of the effects are really cool. But they're also not specific enough that I could collect, because I've done maybe, I don't know, eight runs at this point, I could collect maybe four cards in a run, maybe, and those four cards will have very little to do with each other. They will all be nice bonuses, but there's no kind of overarching run style which I'm missing, which, which I really enjoyed getting into, like in Binding of Isaac or like in Hades. And the other problem is that uh, there's constantly a time-based mechanic rolling over in, in the background in that your, uh, your, your cult is sort of runs on a day-night cycle, which I guess is, is to somewhat be expected, but it means that quite a lot of the things that you as the cult leader can do are limited to once per day or once per twenty like you know, day-night cycle. And so because this is constantly ticking over, uh, on one hand, I understand why it keeps shoving you back into the base. But the problem is you end up getting into these weird situations of uh, I spent, I think, four or five days. I'm on day 15 or day 16-ish, plus or minus a couple, uh, in the game at the moment. And I spent maybe four or five days in one solid block just doing base stuff. Even though I wanted to go back and do combat stuff, there was just always so many things that needed my attention on the base side. And so because there's no pause or no nice way to break those two pieces apart, it, it can get really easy to just leave one of them behind. And that, I suspect, if I did that, would end up biting me in the ass in some way later on. Uh, does that all make sense? Yeah, no, I completely get it. And yeah, I feel like... um getting booted from those uh those combat levels would get frustrating honestly like just just hearing you talk about it and like getting to an getting to what they perceive is an end of the run is like no i i want i kind of want to keep going if i know there's more to do like i i'm imagining playing hades or binding of isaac and like clearing a floor getting to like the first major boss um, and it's like, ha, huh, you, you did that. Now go back to the beginning. Um, but is, is it before one of the, you can is it go one of those... to the next se segment. And it's like, that would, that would make is those it... games way more frustrating to play. It, probably it, for me, it would be if you're like on a really good roll, having a good run and then like, you're not expecting it. It'd be like, oh shit, like whiplash. Is that sort of what it feels like? Well, cause the, the thing is, there's no real, there's no real good concept of, of a good run right? Because you're only, so, uh, that's why it's like, it's like real hard to try and sort of some summarize what's actually going on. So it's like, um, actually it, it, it has a lot in common with enter the gungeon as well. I don't know if you guys have played that much, but I have not played um, that one. I have not played that either. 
okay we'll, we'll continue with the binding of isaac references but i haven't played that i've i played enter the gungeon more recently than binding of isaac so i don't i've not played that either I, well you're not helping steve but the, the <laughs> binding of isaac references might uh might be incorrect for the analogies i'm trying to draw but uh it's not so much whiplash and it's not so much you're on a good run it's that uh for like a particular flaw in a binding of isaac run that's it. That is that is the level that you're that you're playing through. Uh, the game will let you sort of pick the next uh, couple paths or whatever. But as soon as you get to the boss room, you fight a mini boss, and then if you fight the mini boss four times, you fight the actual boss of that level, and then the run's done. Either you're dead, or you've you, or you fought that mini boss, or if you fought the mini boss four times, you you get the main boss, and then it kicks you back and your inventory when it kicks you back is you'll have one primary weapon one kind of curse weapon which is basically just like a magical spell uh and any kind of uh they call them tarot cards uh any kind of basically ability augments of you know like extra health or more damage or poison on hit or that sort of thing um that's it that that's all your run can be so uh you don't really get the sense of, you don't really get a feeling of, oh, I'm on a really good run, because to get a good run only requires two things of, is the weapon good? Is the curse good? And more often than not, they are. <laughs> like, the, all of the weapons feel pretty good. And the combat, by the way, the, the combat feels really crisp. I really like the combat. It's just not, like, I, I want more. <laughs> I, I, want, I want more of it. And it might be that I'm just doing the easier levels and that, there will be more of it or the runs will be longer uh, as I continue to play. But uh, for the first sort of five hours, at least, it definitely feels very much like the main crux of the game is the base building and the combat is secondary. But uh, it's just a bit difficult for me because the story is... Story is all right. Like, um, I'm... It's a Satan I'm, story. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm moderately interested in seeing... I'm, I'm predicting a twist. I'll say that from the outset. I've, I'm predicting there will be some choices or something to twist uh, uh, that will affect the ending that I get later on. But I can, I think, fairly easily pick out where the story's going to go. So that's not going to be the thing that draws me in. And the base building is fine. But as I say, I'm not a big Animal Crossing guy. I much prefer the Hades and the Binding of Isaacs and the Age of the Gungeons. You keep saying base building, and I keep thinking of RTS. Is that correct? Uh, I, I was thinking I, more of like building up a village. Yeah, like a hub world type of thing. Ah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's like um, you have to build uh, a temple, and so you you collect resources to build a temple. Okay, you've now built a temple. You can now conduct like rituals and sermons and and things in that temple. And the whole thing is you're basically collecting more resources to build up the base more, and so you'll indoctrinate a follower and then you'll be like, okay, follower, go and chop down some wood, for, uh, like go down, chop some trees for me to collect some wood. And then another follower and you'll be like, go and collect some stone for me. And so it's kind of like RTS villager style. Thing uh, yeah, resources. okay. So, so it's sort of like halfway between like a yeah. hub world type of thing and halfway between like an RTS or your base yeah, belonging exactly. to us. Yeah, and so And so the problem is because you have this constant day-night cycle where the villagers will only work during the day normally, you can, like, wake them up and make them work overnight and then they hate you, but, you know, you gotta do what you gotta do. Hmm. Um, uh, it, it all feels like it's in service uh, to the building the base side, but 
the building the base side they they give you upgrades of you know like oh now you can find these weapons when you do crusades and stuff but it, it always feels like the base stuff comes first and that's it's just it's it's annoying <laughs> yeah it yeah. sounds like it's one of those things that like it's it triggers the numbers go up um part of the brain is that true or is it just sort of frustrating to get those numbers to come up it's because it's time-based it, it yeah can, i guess so yeah, oh shit i've missed it or it's like stress and then you miss it anyway it's like, okay well it's, it's it's not the stress side it's just like i um the the little eight-year-old zoomer brain in me is like aha like hack and slash crusade uh crusade times the fun and then in the base building it's like okay i need to wait for a follower to pray enough that i get enough like prayer resource to upgrade something or i need to hold uh i'm playing with a ps4 controller hold x long enough to build something that i'm just basically doing nothing for like a minute while i'm building something uh to to do something else so it's just it's like um uh zoomer brain happy on one side zoomer brain sad like adhd on the on the other side uh and it's just it's it's just a bit too split which is a shame so that's why i give it nate because if it was based on the the graphical packaging easy 10 in my book i i love the the styling and everything but the the gameplay elements themselves aren't new and in most parts are done better by other games so it, it drags it down a little bit i was actually going to ask if after getting all of this off your chest if that actually affected your score at all no nah, no nah. i went into it saying it'd be an 8 out of 10 um i cool. I'll, I'll check back in next week because maybe like what what i want to happen is i'm on level two out of a perceived five levels based on like the the locked doors and stuff that it's given me if the based if on the what next, nothing <laughs> if the next if the next three levels are uh, uh actually expand on the combat side it would go up in score in my book if it's the same combat system just with a different skin for a world uh eight possibly might even drop to a seven just because no, if if, if I get shame. fatigued on it, then I get fatigued on it. But uh, for thirty for thirty six bucks, I still would recommend it. It's still above a five. I definitely would recommend it to people. But just bear in Edit mind in twelve that, minutes. <laughs> just bear in mind that the base building side is the focus. So if you like Animal Crossing and you like satanic cults and, and tax exempt status, you'll, you'll you'll love this game. But if if you're thinking that the trailers show you something that looks like Binding of Isaac. It looks like it, and it plays a little bit like it, but it doesn't lean hard enough into it for it to really be a good comparison. For some reason, I think it's on Game Pass. Is that correct, or am I having a, a boomer moment? Uh, you, I mean, it's, you may it's be having for, an Xbox boomer moment. Rats. It's been out for 12 days, so I don't know. Cult might, of might the Lamb. I can only type if I'm saying it out loud. Whoops, yeah, Cult of the Lamb. Xbox Game Pass. No, I can buy it. Okay, really? sorry. Yeah. Even even after that stellar review, you just uh, so. Well, what's the one thing I always say about uh, paying full price for a video game? That you should do it when people on Fast Travel Lounge tell you to do it. That's exactly what I said. It's only twenty four dollars for me. Man. Actually, no. This, this is this is America. This is American. Never mind. I was going to say <laughs> New Zealand dollar. New Zealand dollar ain't doing so hard if it's only twenty four for Australians. Uh, but. Yeah, it's thirty-seven dollars for us Australians. Wow, get wrecked! We're getting shafted. Um, yeah, if if nothing else, uh, look look at the pretty images and listen to the banger soundtrack. But that's all I have to say about that. 
Uh, I guess that concludes Round the Lounge for this week. So thank you for everyone's discussions. Uh, always a good time, uh, which means we get to move on to part two for this week, which is, of course, the news. And kicking off the news, we have some Unreal Engine news about a possible D&D virtual tabletop system being developed. Uh, do we finally have the uh, what's uh, the the tabletop simulator killer? Is that is that what's finally happening here? Our tabletop simulator pivot. It'll just lose its D and D sort of focus, which is good. People have been asking for this. Nay, I say demanding for this for ages. Like yeah, like what Steve said. Um, it won't it won't kill tabletop simulator. Tabletop simulator's got way too much to ever be killed off completely. Um, but no, like this voice is voice acting. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, like voice acting. <laughs> Wizards, Wizards of the Coast, small indie studio that can't afford voice acting. Um, <laughs> but no, uh, this is it. This is really cool. People have been wanting a digital official way to play D&D for so long and it's about time they delivered and Unreal 5 is a very good engine to build it off. I'm very surprised they didn't do something like this during the pandemic. Like they would have gone fucking mental. Like people would have been throwing money at them during the pandemic. but. Obviously, wasn't to be. Maybe next pandemic. They're getting ready for it. To be fair, <laughs> I don't think there was a rush. People throw money at D&D in general. Like, Wizards of the Coast are not bleeding money at all. They make so much money just off D&D merchandise and yeah. Magic the Gathering. That's true. Uh, well, hmm. this was an article uh, brought to our attention by PC Gamer. And uh, the, the interesting take on this the, that the article mentions is that uh, it opens up the possibility that in future you buy a pre-made campaign with like the digital side ready to go, which I think is a is a cool idea. In that you then get this, uh, probably start you know in person with with uh, with the squad with the homies, and then uh, you know after that first session you can continue it online if it's if it's hard to meet up because I know that a lot of my attempts at D and D die after perhaps the second or third session just because scheduling's a bitch yeah it's almost like if people have things going in their other lives um, it, yeah i've recently joined two uh dnd groups uh one of them's already falling apart and the <laughs> other we've had to reschedule but that is what it is mm. yeah and if it's also there worth was noting, a way to play it virtually yeah, it at the same time fellas it's also worth noting that they're saying that the virtual play space is meant to look like the miniatures not like make a proper virtual dnd space which i think is like the the proper way to go about this make it look like you're playing on the board rather than like make a dnd adventure sort of thing you want this as close to the real experience as possible so the real question is uh what's meta's take on this who cares who's meta like meta knight well i'm just saying you know like uh if we're looking at trying to represent a table with some miniatures on it i feel like that's exactly what meta's been trying to pour billions and billions of dollars into building and there uh, is in like Facebook. Ah, uh, okay, I'm with you. Yeah, I've been I mean, pouring there, millions like... and millions into trying to make you buy things and pretend that you're out in virtual areas, but you're uh, really at home. So you're you're close, Seth. Uh, it's actually billions and billions rather than millions and millions. You're but right. How that, could I be so stupid? Yeah, I mean, it's it's only really it's only a factor of a thousand. So you know, little of column A, little of column B. It's only anyway. a couple of dollars. It's at least three dollars. True. Oh well, it's well. I mean, I I think we both know what I'm talking about when I say that it's more than at least seven dollars. It's more than I'd pay for Dragon Ball the Breakers. <laughs> and that's the real test. 
<laughs> uh, next up on the list, we have the announcement of two Star Wars books. Yeah. Um, books? What is this? Why, a nerd podcast? Is, yeah. What, why, why is this in the news docket? Who, who put this in here? I put this in here because they're related to um, the Star Wars Jedi series, which is a, um, well, it's a series now, but uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order was a game that came out a few years ago. Um, I really like that game. I think it's, um, I think it's one of the better Star Wars games, um, up there with the Force Unleashed for me. <laughs> um, and yeah, so th there's going to be two books. One of these is just an art book for the sequel that's coming out. Um, that's going to be releasing in May, but they're also releasing a interqual book, um, in March, which will be like, uh, which will be just telling the story of what happens between Fallen Order and Jedi Survivor. This is, this book's going to be called Jedi Battle Scars. So, um, if you want to know what happens between the events of the games, then go ahead and pick up this book or find it, however, find out the story summary through your own means. Go through Wikipedia. I think it's wild that there's an assumption that there's an overlap between Star Wars fans and people who can read. You'd be surprised. So many people bitch about not getting their books in the um in the Disney uh, Star Wars universe. Yeah, the extended universe, the extended canon, whatever bullshit they're going on about. Some of those books are good. I used to read the like the uh the Obi Wan teenager books. Those are pretty funny. I know that was not good. Not good. Not good. They were pretty funny. I also know there was a whole uh, series about um uh, following Luke after the events of Episode Six, and uh, going into like how his family uh, continued. Oh yeah, but those those aren't canon anymore. Not anymore, no. Probably for the best. I don't know. Episode Eight makes me think it's for the worse. You know what? You're probably right. That's okay then. Better luck next time. Let's try for another trilogy. <laughs> let, let let's just retcon the sequels. Right, well, to those that enjoy reading, Godspeed. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you, have, don't know have, you don't know how to move on from that one? <laughs> well, I'm just trying to think, like, you know, just given, given how other than uh, the Star Wars Jedi, like, basically other than the Fallen Order game, just how Star Wars announcements and what they... Yeah, basically, everything that Star Wars announces other than Jedi Fallen Order, even then it had a rocky launch. And what fans end up receiving generally ain't too hot. So you want to combine this with reading? Good luck. Have fun. Uh, anyway, next up on the list, we have a uh, Valkyrie Elysium uh, demo version being leaked. Valkyrie. That's what I said. Leaked on the PSN? Yeah. Um, someone's, it, it's just um, someone's looked at the uh, PlayStation Network site. Um, found that this has been updated in there somewhere. Uh, got got some pretty pictures to go along with it, like the um the title screen cards and everything. Um, no date yet. Just we know it's on the store and it'll be coming at some point in the future. A lot of people were hoping that this would get announced at um Gamescom. Um, that just happened today, but that was unfortunately not the case. So hang on, so it's not out yet. It's just this is just leaked. It's just rumors. Not not rumors. Well, it's it's it, it, going to happen like, for sure, okay, but rumors, yeah, it's yeah. it's going to happen. So keep an eye out for it. Cool. Uh, next up on the list. Uh, actually, uh, Seth, you can probably. I mean, you're you're intimately familiar with uh with old 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 buddy old pal Jason's tweets. Uh, you want to run us through this one? I don't know. I'm blocked. What does it say? Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> let, let me let me give you the snippet. Okay, so this is Jason uh, Schreier as well. We should uh. 
this is just some random called Jason. He's talking about it's a, it's a very uncommon name. There's like, well, I don't know, two Jasons in the world of Twitter. I mean, I, I, I know like, I know like maybe like two or, or three. So, I mean, how many more could there be really? Maybe four. There's probably a lot of like J, J-A-Y hyphen son as in like their son of J. No, no, but the sun is like, like the star, like S-U-N. The, the only oh, Jason in yeah, my true. heart is a Jason from Heavy Rain. Or, Jason? Or, well, maybe, maybe, maybe it's Jason like J-E-I-G-H-S-O-N. That, uh, is, that is an affront to God and I will not have that. That's probably a wordle. That's probably tomorrow's wordle. <laughs> J- joke's on you, Seth. He's already blocked you. <laughs> Damn it. Not again. <laughs> he, he got there first. Anyway, uh, old buddy, old pal Jason. Uh, has the scoop for us. Uh, The highly anticipated Star Wars KOTOR remake has been moved from uh, Texas-based Aspire? Yeah, I think it's Aspire. Yeah. Fucking just spell things normally. Jesus Christ, people. Uh, Media to uh, Saber Interactive Studio in Eastern Europe, Uh, which I I almost want to say there's like some sort of it's coming home joke in there, but I, I can't think of one. Just thinking of like Europe and I don't know. I, I don't think it's don't even coming home because it's it was a um, Bioware game, wasn't it? KOTOR? Yes. It is Bioware. You're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, That's no. why it's so good. Um, uh, actually, hang on. Is it Bioware or Obsidian? No, was it Obsidian? Bioware, no, Bioware did KOTOR 1. Yeah, and, and Obsidian, Obsidian did, did 2. 2, and they gave, and Bioware gave Obsidian like 12 months to do it. Uh, and that's why, like, they had to use like the same engine and reuse a lot of assets, and a lot of the ideas had to be shelved. And there's like a shit ton of cut content. This, this sounds awfully familiar to Fallout Three and Fallout New Vegas. Hmm. Maybe uh, Bioware aren't the good guys. Maybe Obsidian should be treated better. Mm-hmm. Maybe Obsidian are the bad guys. <laughs> they deserve <laughs> everything they get. Yeah. Cool. Um. It's a shame about. Uh. It's a shame what's going on at the moment with them. Yeah. The situation that we talked about with Aspire a few weeks back sucks, but it's good to know that the game's going to be moving forward with someone else and not be stuck in development hell. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, good good news for people that were excited for KOTOR. Well, it was supposed to come out, like, next year, and now it's, what are they saying, 2025? Um, uh, that's rough. Yeah, yeah. It did, did it say it's going to be 2025 now? It was what they said in the old story. I'm not sure what it says in this story. Um, I thought the old story said it was delayed indefinitely. Like, they didn't um, know when it was going to be coming. Well, don't well, ask that, me for that, source. Yeah. yeah according, but, to, according to old buddy, old pal Jason, uh, they say that there should be no delays. However, they also never had a release date. So, <laughs> can't delay what had never been announced, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Exactly. Hmm. Uh, just because the just because this was a, a tweet from Jason Schreier, the um the what's happening tab on Twitter, at least for my recommendation block, I, I never fucking use Twitter. Uh, it's quite funny. Same. Number one, Ukraine marks Independence Day under the threat of heightened Russian aggression. Number two, a troubled Star Wars video game remake shifts to a new studio. Number three, Dota two, just as, as a trending. Apparently, Dota two is trending. Woohoo! I think the internationals are on. Or some sort no, of tournament. The the uh, region, the international qualifiers are starting soon, but there's also announcements for the. I think it's seven point three two gameplay patch. But uh, I have been. Uh, sorry, let me start that again. Uh, hi everyone, my name is Patrick, and I've been Dota two free for about eight months now. 
Hi, Patrick. Only, only eight months. And you're just like, on, you're man. back on. I know you're back Wait, on. you just go to Alcoholics Anonymous and someone's like, I've given up drinking for a month. And you're like, pussy. <laughs> yes. What a, what, a, what a bitch of a number. Real, 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 real people would give it up for six years. Fucking moron. <laughs> real people don't drink at all. <laughs> Stephen is not a supportive Stephen is not a supportive friend. They, they, ne- never they good you- enough for him. They they give you that little that little coin token thing as like a sign of like commitment to to staying clean and you go and fu- you you go and like see how many McFlurries you can buy by handing it to the like minimum wage cashier behind the counter. All right, fellas, they have creme brulee McFlurries at McDonald's. I had one last week. It's pretty good. That actually does sound very nice. Creme brulee is a really good flavor. It is. It's very nice. But anyway, we've gone off topic too much for this. <laughs> Uh yeah, I won't be I won't be covering the gameplay patch uh, unless it's got something absolutely wild that I hear about. Will you go back to it? Will you go back to Dota? But very unlikely. Very very unlikely. I've <laughs> I would say I've never felt happier. That's a complete lie. <laughs> <laughs> there there is a direct but, correlation between the podcast starting and Patrick not playing Dota. That's that's weirdly true. Actually, I do intend to watch the international because I always really enjoy watching it. Like, I, it's still a fantastic spectator sport because I've you know got so many thousands of hours that I know what's going on. But uh, I'm I'm kind of glad that I've I've finally uh, grown out of the phase in my life for all of oh god ten years <laughs> of playing Dota two <laughs> or nearly hey. nearly ten. Um, Anyway. How many hours you got? How many hours you got? Uh, might as well just pull up the official one. Steam still running uh, in the background. He's actually, uh, he's actually pulling it up. Yeah, Jamie, pull that up. What do we got? Uh, three thousand five hundred and eighty-nine hours. Jesus. And the sad part is, of the people that played consistently, I'm one of the lowest play times. At least yeah, my good point. Group. You probably are. Yeah, like, I've definitely like of, seen worse. Of of my friend group, I mean, uh, what do we got? Uh, yeah, <laughs> one of my mates, eight and a half thousand. Uh, another random mate. Uh, actually, I got someone. Is he playing it now? No, he's got. Oh my god, thirteen thousand six hundred and fourteen hours. <laughs> thirteen thousand. Okay, thirteen. Okay, that's it. How much is it? 13,000 hours and days? What the fuck? That is, I've never seen anybody play 541 days. That's a, nearly two years. Jesus Christ. Whew. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, that's what it is, I <laughs> the, guess. The, the, the typical group that I did play Dota with all had play times between. I think the, the next highest above me was uh, about 5,000 hours. Uh, and then go, going all the way up to about 8,500. So. Yeah, that's what I say. I feel I feel hashtag blessed that I've only spent thirty five hundred hours. Uh, yeah, three thousand five hundred hours. Uh, I I got out early. And... I only have eighty nine point five. <laughs> wow! What did you like? Not even finish the tutorial? Did you get filtered by bots? No, I got filtered <laughs> by friend getting mad at me for only playing one character. Was it Dragonite? I played one game and I was Dragonite. <laughs> I liked playing Drow Ranger. I don't know. Did, why did I asked. You, I don't did know. Who did that you is. really feel like Dragonite, Steve? I played one game, I'd, we got flogged, and I got sent some very red-hot messages, so I stopped. <laughs> Rightfully so, I'll say, but I was not very good. I jumped straight into a, a, a match. I didn't yeah. even bother. Yeah, I, that's the trials of trial by fire. 
I missed a call, got called out for it for half an hour. I called out that friend that was going off at me for half an hour for missing his call. He did not let me hear the end of that for the rest of the day, so I just quit the game. Filtered. <laughs> One of my mates, uh, he he's more of a league guy than a Dota guy. I don't think he's played either much recently. Uh, but you know, back back in the old high school days, um, he he sunk way way more hours into league than he did Dota. Uh, and then he sees uh, me and a bunch of people playing Dota. And he's like, oh, you know what? Played Dota a bit, uh, gave it up, but. Uh, you know, kind of, kind of want to see what it's like now. Kind of want to see see where the meta's at. So downloads it, gets into a game. Game goes for two and a half hours. Jesus Christ! You know, I almost got back into League of Legends when they added that character that was heavily inspired by Devil May Cry. Which oh, Scythe, Scythe dude? No, it was a um pirate lady. Pirate lady. Um, I will have to look her up. What, Misfortune? No. She was one of the OGs. Yeah, no, 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 it wasn't Misfortune. Give me one Pirate moment lady. while I look for her. There's someone absolutely screaming at the at, at the, the recording, uh, at whatever they're listening to this on, going, it's this person, but uh, I've... That, I've... That's where the magic of editing and cutting to the answer comes in. <laughs> yeah, but you're going to keep this in. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. You're going to make a part for it. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a rampant search, Samira. Never heard of her. Isn't that the person from Overwatch? I am sending a picture, but no, she was heavily inspired by um by Devil May Cry to the point that they have the Devil May Cry ranking system in her attacks. Huh? She must I don't know why I bothered. I it, this, this is a great um audio medium. Um, I mean, it's it's in the chat, so I can put it into the video version. Right, anyway, uh, yeah, so, long, long story here? short, long story short, mate goes, oh, Dota 2 looks fun, I should download it and try it again. Game goes for two hours, and then he goes, you know what, Dota 2 is not for me, <laughs> and uninstalls <laughs> it again. I think that was his last game, I don't think he's played since. Oh, um, we played Customs, we, he and I have played Customs a bunch since, but, yeah. Anyway, moving back to actual news. <laughs> Man, uh, what Disgaea, a tangent. Disgaea 7, uh, announced for PS5, PS4, and Switch. Yeah. Really? Is that how you pronounce it? I've always been pronouncing it Disgaea. I thought it was Disgaea. Oh. Right, I, I'm not going to say I'm an expert on it. That's how I think it's pronounced. But yeah, no. Well, um, well, well, well uh, hang on. Well, no, there's an easy way to fix this. Um, uh, how many, how many Disgaea, Gaia, Gears have you played? Zero. Uh, zero. I bought them all recently, though. Oh. Add right, to that so backlog. you have more of an investment into this than Steve has? Would that, would that be correct, Steve? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, I have zero investment. I don't care. Yeah, I okay. sleep. I sleep, as they say. So I thought you were asking Seth. Um, so, Seth, Seth how, how, how did you pronounce it? Uh, I pronounced it Disgaea. Disgaea. Oh, I think that's how I pronounced it, too. Actually, yeah, that is... You said something different just before. What the fuck? Yeah, oh, no, no, you did. Yes, no, you did. You, you said, did. I've, always, I've always said Disgaea, I think you said. No, I said Disgaea. I, I said... I said Disgaea. I, I just introduced it as Disgaea. And then Steve went, no, I thought it was, I thought it was something else. And then you said, I Disgaea. thought it was no, no, I'm pretty sure I said Disgaea. This is... Uh, but we'll, we'll, future, we'll, Seth's, yeah. future Seth's going to have a ball with this one. Future Seth will put this in. I was, we, I was about to say... I'm having a stroke. You have, <laughs> because you have the most investment in it. Uh, your, your way of saying it is now canon, but your way of saying it is my way of saying it. So I guess my way of saying it is canon. We, we can be canon together. 
Well, well, hang on. <laughs> I, I don't know about in Australia, but in New Zealand, that makes something very different. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's a, um, is a soul binding contract here too. Jokes on you. Well, I have, I have partially red hair. I have no soul. Damn. You know what? So do I actually. Shit. Now we can have partially no soul together. Fuck. <laughs> you anyway, guys have red hair. Returning, returning to the news for the second time in four, in four minutes. Um, I don't really care about Disgaea, I'll be honest. Uh, Seth, I hope you do because you've put money, monetary investment into this. I do. Not enough to go through this entire article. This is... I, I didn't realize I gave this much information for the game already. Um, because last I checked, they only just announced the game. Um, anyway, Disgaea 7, uh, like Patrick said, coming to PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, and Switch. Only announced for Japan at the moment, going to be coming January 26th uh, next year. Um, I'm assuming uh, a, a Western release will be a few months after that. Uh, I, I'm also assuming that Nisa is going to be the one that um that uh, localizes it. Nisa, I beg of you, please do not just do the Switch version by itself like you did Disgaea 6. That was a stupid fucking move. Just release it on everything at once. Um... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, what type of game is this? I, I'm looking at the screenshots. It's total it's, damage. Uh, 1,498,950. What the fuck? It is a turn-based strategy RPG that has insane damage numbers. Numbers go up. It, it is very numbers go up the game. Hmm. Like, like you'd like to see big numbers. This is the big number game for you. Um, but yeah, uh, the setting this time around is... Um, a Shogun-style samurai-era uh, netherworld. Um, the last game, I don't know what the setting was, but it was around zombies. Uh, the main character was a zombie. Um, this time around, it's all about Bushido, samurais, um, and gigantification. Uh, and, um Enemies and heroes can grow into giant sizes and wage huge wars against each other. There's also massive treasure chests that can be found. Whoa. Disguise taking Gigantamax? Yes. Uh, Pokemon <laughs> uh, put it down and Disguise picked it up. That was quite a good one, actually. But yeah, uh, besides that, <laughs> um, not, not a lot I want to touch on for this. Um, it's, it's a lot of um, reads the character backgrounds and learn about the mechanics of the game. Um, yeah, uh, if you're interested... Definitely give it a read. Um, I'm excited for this. I think all the characters look really cool. Um, uh, it's got a very nice art style to it. And the setting is very interesting to me. So this is definitely on my radar for when it comes to the West. Sweet. At the bottom of that ginormous fucking Disgaea article, there was something that I care much more about in that we recently celebrated Monster Hunter Rise hitting 3 million sales, but uh, it has now hit 4 million, which is kind of nuts yeah i think every it, week we get reports of it selling another million it it almost kind of feels like that but the the, the crazy part to me it, <laughs> sorry steam notification popped up that the guy with 13 and a half thousand hours just jumped back into dota 2 <laughs> oh <laughs> get, no get, get on you champ don't <laughs> don't listen to the haters <laughs> doing god's work <laughs> like i've i put a lot of time i i think like wait almost too much of my time into Dota 2. The idea that 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 man has four times my time is just obscene. Anyway, 
Uh, yeah. So I, for for whatever reason, I thought Sunbreak launched uh longer ago than June thirtieth. Yeah, no, June it's 30th. not. It's not even a full two months. And it's and it's done four million. That that's that's really cool. That's crazy and really cool. And it means that we're gonna get an item pack, and I'm super excited. <laughs> <laughs> the item packs always suck. I know that I know they do, but no, it's 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 really it's really cool that um uh clearly there's a lot of love and support for it. Um, which... I think I think Rise's total number also, like in general, got bumped up to eleven million. Wow. I think I don't have an article to back that up. I just think I saw that said somewhere. Uh, it's also cool in that uh, we're not touching it this week, but um, the first of these seasonal updates, Monster Under Rise. I haven't been back in Auckland enough, and I wanted to play something new, so that's why I've been playing Cold of the Lamp. But uh, most likely next week, I'll have I'll have played some of seasonal update one. Uh, I played like an hour or two of it before I before I uh, left Auckland. Uh, the curio crafting, all that sort of stuff. Hopefully, Capcom seeing numbers like this uh, encourages their continual investment into the game. So, better for all of us and jokes on Babylon Fall. Anyway, uh, next up on the list, what do we have? We have... Uh, Steve, Steve, wake up. This, this one's for you. I thought... <laughs> um, uh, it's not really for me. I'm semi-sleeping on this. But Death Stranding is coming to Xbox Game Pass for PC, but... Yeah, on August P- PC the 23rd, Game Pass. Which is yesterday. Yeah, which is... Strange, like they're making a big deal about it, but then at the same time, from my understanding, uh, someone else has the rights to publishing on consoles, and they're not going to publish it on Xbox. But on yeah. PC, it's free for all. But that's fine. Um, I don't know where I sit in this. Have you guys played Death Stranding? No, I have the director's cut, and it's something I need to play. And that's what I was going to mention. Uh, PC Game Pass is getting the vanilla version of this game, not the director's cut. So it well, is that's, missing. That's, it that's, is missing content. Well, that's like all, all Game Pass games. I only you. I'm pretty sure ninety percent of them come as like the standard editions. As, and there's like, well, you you didn't pay for the full game. Give us ten dollars or twenty dollars for the DLC slash season pass. And I'm yeah. Not I, I guess right. I guess the um, how much does the director's cut add? Is it like literally forty hours of content or something? I I'm actually not too sure how much more it adds. It's <laughs> I know there's a whole shit. like. Metal Gear Solid themed uh, stealth mission. Is it good, but I more don't con- know. More, I know. more content is not good content. Talk to our good friend with 13,000 hours on Dota 2. He'll probably tell you it's a shit game. Uh, to be fair, uh, Dota 2 does not have a lot of content. It's just doing the same thing over and over and over again for 13,000 hours. Try being a human being. You get up, you go to work, you go home, doing that for fucking 60 years. 60? You've 60. God, you're getting off light. Don't forget, you start at, when do you start? Like when you're 14? That's when I started. 74, I retire. 74? Oh God, you're getting off young. <laughs> All right, fellas, settle down. <laughs> well, we, so there's this thing called cryptocurrency, right? And hopefully <laughs> what I've held since 2020 will be enough by uh, 2100 to retire on. Wait, 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 wait. I, I, I have something for this. Um, uh, hi, everyone. My name is Patrick. And... Uh, it's unlikely that I'll retire for the next... Ever. 50, 50, yeah, for the next ever. <laughs> Why do you want to retire? What are, what are you going to do with your time? Start up another podcast? I play, don't think play so. Play Dota 2. <laughs> <laughs> Learn how to edit the podcast. Oh, oh, it's your job, big fella. I'm going to take it. I've already got a master doing it. No, no, no. no. But, but, but Seth will retire. Yeah, so, someone's going to pick up once I retire. Yeah, he'll, he'll retire from being 
for, for paid work, not for unpaid work. You never retire from unpaid work. It's just volunteer work, big fella. Chuck yeah, that gotta, on the resume. Gotta stay on the grind. Gotta continue to grow. Yeah. <laughs> no no self improvements. Yeah, that's why I always say no to pay rises. <laughs> <laughs> gotta, gotta stay humble. <laughs> I remember where I came from. Real recognizes real. I've always got to be going. I've always got to think that I've got to go, go for that next position. The the more the pay the more pay rises I accept, the closer I get to the noose. <laughs> I just uh, I just think back to to ten year old Patrick, and ten year old Patrick would have been stoked with like twenty dollars. So I mean, really, why why should I ever want to strive for more than that? Twenty dollars full stop, not even like per week or per month. Yeah. <laughs> One dollar gets me a bag of candy, and that's all I need. Yeah. Cool. Not this Remember economy. back when fifty cents would buy you a buy you a fucking McDonald's ice cream? Oh. That that still happens every now and yeah, then. You it, still get a soft serve. Yeah, I think it's oh, like, I think it's like Yeah, I think in yeah, the summertime do. they put it down to fifty cents. It's fifty cents. I used to work there when it was thirty cents. Man, those one dollar frozen cokes, for They oh, still have the one dollar frozen cokes and those are good. Just uh, like t- ten ten year old me could have bought twenty of those. <laughs> Giving yourself a migraine. Holy, holy shit. Ten-year-old me could have bought one quarter of Dragon Ball Z The Breakers. Now that, that is a testament to how much money young Patrick had. What a waste of fucking money. God, what a ten-year-old fucking Patrick piss away. Balling out of control. Ten-year-old pa- uh, Patrick could have spent zero dollars and played Dota 2. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ten-year-old Patrick thought about it. Oh, oh, oh no, 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 no. Wait, hold on. The correction. Ten-year-old Patrick would have been able to afford a quarter of what I would have paid for Dragon Ball to Breakers. It was actually ten dollars off from the real price. So I look I don't back care, on that dude. and I th- so so I look back on that and I think, man, ten-year-old Patrick must have been just absolutely bawling in cash if if he could even consider superfluously spending twenty bucks like that. So, uh, don't worry though, because now now rents only like several hundred dollars. So you know we're good. We made it. <laughs> You, you, still and, have uh, the, you still have the same ecstatic euphoria of seeing $20 you can spend like you did when you were 10 years old. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but there's, there's like a little twinge of sadness knowing that that's all I get. <laughs> uh, the subscription anyway. fee to life keeps going up. Uh, anyway, does this make you want to play Death Stranding, Steve? Yeah, it's been one of those things that people have told me to play it because it is, it's a Kojima game and what he does is very weird. And I've heard it's a decent game and the story's pretty like uh put the meth pipe down type of <laughs> funny so i've always sort of been interested in it but then at the same time i get the but feeling you also I... have to put up with the game being a fedex simulator yeah like the, that's literally what it sounds like and there's some, apparently some weird interactions with like the world and other people online and what you build other people can see or something i don't really get it because i haven't played the game um, every time it goes down to like $15, $20 on PlayStation, I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'll pick it up and then I never do. But oh, maybe I'll just, if I, once again, you just got to hold on to your seats and everything eventually comes a Game Pass. Do you worry that if you continue not to play this game that it won't be Death Stranding, it'll be Death, Strand- De- Death Stranded? <clears throat> if I download this into my laptop, my laptop will catch fire. I know that. Bro, it's sure. a yes or no question. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it wasn't a good one. Right, but- thank you. Next be, up on the list. If it was the Star Wars, it'd be Darth Stranding. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but Steve, we just established they can't read. It would still be Death Stranding. <laughs> 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 and, if sit- and if you're sitting down, it'd be Death Sitting. <laughs> it's actually just a typo. It's supposed to be Death Standing. Uh, but, but, it, but it's rated R for restricted. 
Uh, right, next uh, up. Half arrested. God, this, this, this trailer for the PC Game Pass announcement for the game, though, just hit me like a truck because it starts with Sony Interactive Entertainment Presents and then it ends with the Microsoft logo. <laughs> <laughs> got him. Well, that's what they've got on, like, um, all the uh, major, like, MLB The Show games. It's got, like, uh, created by PlayStation Studios, but it's, like, available on Xbox. Like on Xbox, yeah, it's yeah, because wild. MLB is like, no, we we want more money, put it on everything. Yeah, all, all I'm saying, all I'm saying, if Harambe were alive to see this, he he wouldn't have let this happen. He wouldn't have let it happen, not in the slightest. No, Harambe would have stopped the console wars. He would have. He would have. God, life would have been so much better. Why? Why God? Why? Why take him? Why couldn't it have been Josh? <laughs> oh, that, that that's a little sad. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Josh, I love you. Even though I know that he probably will never listen to this, so I can get off scot free. Anyway, next up on the list, uh Pokemon Scarlet and Violet introducing uh what I think we can all agree to be the uh finally. Finally. The goodest the, boy. Well no. I was gonna say I was gonna say the the uh Pokemon Go Goat uh transportation killer. Uh Salazar Slytherin sorry, Cyclazar Slytherin. This is the dumbest you know fucking idea. I'm going to fucking name it that now. Thank you, Patrick. <laughs> it's fucking dumb. It looks like a dumb... It's dumb. Dumb, hey, dumb, it, dumb, dumb, dumb. I, hey, I love the can, additional can... screenshots they did in the, um, the Pokemon website where it actually has handlebars and side mirrors attached to it. <laughs> I hate <laughs> have, it so fucking much. Have you seen that, Patrick? Yeah, no, it... I haven't. Oh, that's terrible, but very funny. It's... I... <laughs> I will send it, 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 and I will attach it to the video for this as well. I love the idea that... <laughs> that it also like, has headlights. <laughs> a oh, headlight. Oh, eyes? So... It's, it's fucking so dumb. So normally, normally when I think of PETA, the, the uh, protection and ethical treatment of animals or whatever the fuck, I think, not really for me, they're, they're a little extremist, and they go after Pokemon, and I don't really understand why. Uh... Sticking handlebars and headlights on Cyclozar? Okay, I can kind of see where Peter's coming from on this one. <laughs> to be fair, the Cyclozar seems to enjoy it, or rather it just enjoys having people ride its back because it enjoys the warmth of someone Here being on it. Here we are, fellas. We've done it. We can finally see how Pokemon enjoys being ridden. I hate so it. So there's Pokemon called Vaporeon, right? Ah, shut the f- <laughs> Did you know that in terms of uh, cycle, uh, cycle ability, Cyclozar is... <laughs> On a human to bicycle ratio. <laughs> quickly, I'm quickly typing this up to post in my work group chat. <laughs> oh no, you don't. You keep that in any- the podcast group chat. <laughs> I'm doing the any percent speed run to retirement. Why is its category Mount Pokemon? It's five foot three. <laughs> it's fucking huge. Is Mount Pokemon a category or a command? Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but uh, my bike typically doesn't weigh 140, uh, 140 pounds. So, uh, but does your bike also go seventy miles an hour? <laughs> Sometimes I like to imagine it does, and I, I put I put like a I, I put like a baseball card in the in the back spokes, and it sounds like a motorcycle when I pedal really fast. Oh, that was always that was always the peak tech. That's why I used my first generation Charizard card. <laughs> uh, yeah, why, why use your own when you can uh, get Logan Pauls? <laughs> it's only a couple of dollars. Yeah, true, true. 
So do you think do you think in like the the Pokemon universe there's there's like rampant bike or cyclozar theft like there is in real life? <laughs> Got to put it on bike lock or something. Well, when you just return it to your Pokeball. I don't know. I kind of like the idea yeah. of just just bike locks of just a bunch of cyclozars chilling. Uh, I'm I'm really. It's a not dumb sure Pokemon. It's a normal. It's a normal fighting type. Uh, sorry, a normal dragon type. Normal it's, dragon. Yeah. yeah. It's I'm, it's obviously supposed to evolve into the um the legendaries, but yeah. I'm I'm really not sure what to make of uh, Gen Gen Nine. Right? It is Gen Nine. It is Gen Nine. Yeah. Cool. I'm really not sure what to make of Gen Nine going all in on bike uh, Pokemon or bikes now. <laughs> Uh, no, it's not all in. Don't forget the uh, the S- Scarlet Legendary. He he runs. Oh, true. Yeah. Like why <laughs> why reinvent the wheel when you can just pretend it doesn't exist? <laughs> it, li- listen, I'm I've said that I'm for years. I'm I'm one hundred percent convinced that the wheel on his chest isn't actually a wheel. It's just a giant tumor. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Are we gonna talk about the competitive stuff or? No, I just wanted to that? keep memeing about cyclers. Are yeah. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> no, we we can talk about the uh the new things they showed with the competitive trailer. No, nah, I don't really think it's needed. Um, I, if Josh I was here, think... he'd literally go schizo about it, but he's not. So it's fine. I still think terrestrial Pokemon looks shit. They do, but from like a competitive point of view, like they showed, um, I think it was a Tyranitar becoming a, a ghost type, and then a piece of shit Gallade uses a fighting type attack and it doesn't affect and you get fucking blasted that it literally like it will probably add a layer of randomness to competitive that is like absolutely fucking I, wild and horseshit Can't I think wait. they've I think they've got set types for the Pokemons though so I think at some point it will be figured out to what like how many variants there are for the competitive edge in saying that there's there's not going to be any way around it like you you cannot put a uh, you cannot make like a one-on-one situation that'll cover every single type of um terrestrialized galate for example mm. i will we'll have to wait and see because um because the the flying type pikachu the one that's on balloons that's pre-order only um and they're saying it's only going to be through pre-order. You can't get it in the game. So that that's going to lead me to believe that there's only going to be a limited amount of, like, different variants you can get. Oh, I thought, damn it. Yeah, I just, nah, I just nah. remembered that I didn't get Victini on uh, Switch. Uh, unlucky. Unlucky. Yeah, I got, got back from... Uh, well, I, I arrived home the, the day after that uh, code expired. Oh, well. I got one for you. Well, I got one for me. I... Give you a normal Victini if you want. It's not the same. Yeah, it's not the same. Sorry, man. Better luck next time. I'm gonna, I'm gonna sadly ride my Cyclozar home now. All right. Anyway, do you think if you uh, terrestrialize a Cyclozar to electric, you have an electric bike? Hmm, like a Rotom bike, if you would. But isn't isn't it running on natural ability anyway? Oh. Like, like isn't it already 100% eco friendly? In fact, wouldn't, it, wouldn't making it electric make it worse for the environment? Can we move on now? <laughs> Only if Patrick's uh, done with the question. <laughs> Steve, we need to know. <laughs> Do we? Do cyclists go to bike shops and get their tires changed? <laughs> it's like at horseshoes. I, I just want to. I just also want to shout out that my favorite thing from cyclists so far um, is this piece of fan art that's Misty carrying a cyclist 
and the description <laughs> is you owe me a new cyclist after going off the anime episode. Yeah, that, that, that one's pretty good. Shout outs to at startsboy1 on Twitter for that amazing piece of art. Uh, yeah, no, we, we, we can move on now, Steve. Don't worry. Uh, we'll move on to- Finally. We'll, we'll move on to something which might be just as memeable. Uh, Seth, what are your thoughts on- Well, you and I both enjoy- We're, we're, we're both based Gravity Rush enjoyers. Um, what would your thoughts be if Sony were to suddenly announce that they were going to do a Gravity Rush movie? There is only one way that this could have been panned out in a very good and positive way. And Sony already fucked it up. So, okay, explain how. So, my my vision would be give it to Sony Animation, make it make it 3D animated, give it like not not the same art style as the games, but like go in that direction, make it quirky and cute. Um, even then, as a movie, I think it would have sucks. Make it like a four episode long OVA sort of thing, like each episode's like half an hour or forty minutes. Um, make it like 75% uh, Cat's Slice of Life Adventures where it's all fun and character driven and then True. the last 25% <laughs> you go into that weird esoteric darker side of the Gravity Rush storyline that, that would have been the positive way to handle this instead it seems like they're going to be going in the direction of making a live action movie because they're working with um, uh, Ridley Scott's company which has done nothing but live action movies they're, they're working with Scott Free Productions. He's going to get off Scott Free. And I am instantly tapping out of this movie. It, it stands no chance of uh, living up to any goodwill for me. But what if Cat's voiced by Chris Pratt? That, that would be so weird in live action. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, you got, a, you got Bro, an actress for Cat. It's a yes Kat. or no question. <laughs> <laughs> we, we don't know, though. I'm just saying it'd be weird to have this live action actress playing Cat and then just out of her mouth comes Chris Pratt's voice. Hey, that's the voice it, of Mario and Garfield, I'll have you know. Is that something you're into, Patrick? <laughs> it's a yes or no question. <laughs> My therapist tells me that I should stop asking those and answering those <laughs> yes and no questions. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what to make. I... I want to give it the benefit of the doubt because I think there's a lot there's a lot of material in the Gravity Rush universe that could be good for non-game media, right? But I think I agree in that slice of lifestyle character-driven adventures is probably it's probably a more digestible form of it too, right? Because Yeah, like the, 90% the, of Gravity Rush 2 is uh, Cat's slice of life adventures of trying to help people. Yeah, and I guess the the part that I'm not really clear on is what sony wants out of this because they haven't announced a gravity rush 3 right no in fact the people that were directly involved in making the gravity rush games aren't at sony anymore yeah that's what i thought they, so they've I, gone I really, and made their own studio called bokeh game studio i don't really see bokeh what productions the, what the end game of sony is here because they're, they're just licensing really well out they... a bunch of their ips to do random uh, different things. I think God of War is getting a TV series. Gran Turismo is getting a movie. I think they also announced wait, a Days what? Gone movie is happening. Why? Why? Wait. Okay, I can understand all of those. Except, why is Gran Turismo getting a movie? I don't know. I think it's. I think it's going to be a movie following like Gran Turismo player, like a professional player. You ever seen that Need for Speed movie? That was alright. With Aaron surely, surely it's just a movie, but it's just watching the day-night transition that they were so proud of when they announced GT, um, GT6. 
<laughs> That'd be alright. I'd watch that, actually. Actually, I have it on in the background while I'm doing something else. 120 minutes of just staring at the sky over some world-famous racetrack. Does it have a jazz soundtrack? I... For Gran Turismo... For Gran Turismo movie... voice by Chris Pratt. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for, for the Gran Turismo movie, I could see them doing it like... I'm, I'm sorry, Stephen, I have to bring it up because it's an actual example. I could see them doing it like the Final Fantasy fourteen movie where it was... Um, uh, 15. It, no, no, 14, 14. It was... Um, the movie for Final Fantasy fourteen. Not not like a movie movie. It was called um Dad of Light, and it was a movie about how the game brought a father and son together through bonding through the game and like actually oh. starting to like build up their relationship by playing it together. So so the the game was like the um the sticking glue of the story for the mo- for the movie, but it was more of a father son story than anything. I don't know. I still think the idea of just. Um, uh, 120 hours of Skybox uh, Skybox, no, 120 minutes Oh no, no, actually no, I'll stand by what I said 120 hours <laughs> of Skybox footage would be a pretty sick movie You know, you know what, let, let, let's go 13,000 <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Oh Yeah, it'd probably be alright <laughs> we, we gotta, we gotta ramp up those Dota numbers Yeah, yeah Yeah, it's a Dota 2 movie But it's not about anything in Dota It's, it, it's, it's completely just people, unreal it, yeah, it's, it's, completely un- it's completely unrelated to Dragon's Blood. It's just it's just the main menu, mm. and and people analyzing patch notes. <laughs> um, While the main menu music is in the background, true, just on true. a second tab. Yeah, and then every so often it'll get spliced in with the Dead Mouse sound pack. Uh, that 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 was what I used to use back in the day. Uh, actually, actually, some real bops in there. Anyway, um, Steve, a question uh, for you. If that's you me. Do you know how to make a video game? Um, you know what? For the sake of uh, throwing off your train of thought, I will say... That's all I have to say about that. Well, Stephen, it was a yes or no question. Should, it's funny that you should say that. Because, <laughs> uh, uh, Sakurai himself uh, is willing to, to help you. Uh, we, we've, we've got him on the other line right now, Steve. Is he in the room with us now? Well, he is. So he, he's in his room. In, <laughs> so long as you type in the URL to his YouTube channel. <laughs> I actually URL? find this really interesting. Like, behind the scenes videos are always really interesting. And, like, now Sakurai, one of the most acclaimed video game developers ever, like, going onto YouTube, making his own uh, series about, like, his thought processes and decision making processes for making his games. Um, is really interesting. He's got three videos up at the moment. One of them's just a what the channel is going to be about. The other one's going through his um creative works through from the beginning of his career to now. And then the third one is uh it's called Stop for Big Moments and I think this is just like talking about hit stop in games and the decisions between when hit stop should hit like well when it should activate and how long it should activate and just like the effects of what hit stop does for a game. So, so yeah, there, those there are, are, those there, are interesting videos. There, there are two things, three things. There are three things that I want to point out here. Uh, one, uh, Sakurai's YouTube game, uh, like YouTube channel, isn't like you know Sakurai was here or Sakurai <laughs> in it or even just Dream Two. Uh, the channel name is actually just 
uh, Masahiro Sakurai on creating games, which, act like, when you think of SEO, perfect. It's, it's so unique that it couldn't possibly get confused in the algorithm with anyone else on creating games. Uh, the second thing I want to point out, uh, these three videos released in all, like, as of recording, really all released nine hours ago. The first one about this channel is the longest one at 7 minutes 10 and has 117,000 views. The next two, one is two and a half minutes, one is four minutes 20, and both of them together have basically the same view count as the about this channel, despite being like I, half the line. I also think that's because he advertised the channel with the about this channel video, so every, everyone looking on Twitter and Facebook and wherever else it was advertised were sent directly to that video, which would have bumped the numbers up. I well, this is actually very interesting because I'm reading the uh, Reggie Fizeme book that just came out, and he's sort of talking about it from a like a marketing point of view and his sort of journey through Nintendo. So this is that's sort of like the business point of view. The Sakurai is like the making games point of view. Um, where Smash, but where Smash Six Five. Let let the man rest. He's worked on Smash since. 2012, like nonstop. He, he deserves a game. rest from Smash Brothers. So he's going to be making YouTube videos, eh? Yeah. He's going to yeah, be making a learn. podcast? This is basically a one man podcast show for him. You reckon? Have you guys watched anything yet of this? I, I am watching one of them right now, the one about Hit Stop. What are you talking about? You should be fucking watching us. I mean, I'm, I'm watching it to talk about the news properly. Oh. Okay, I'm done. Cool. Well, so is Sakurai with Smash. Anyway, uh, next <laughs> up on the list. Okay, that was a good one. That was that was one. Of, that's one of the top ten transitions of all time. It's definitely one of the transitions of all time. Uh, <laughs> next up on the list, uh, Sony PlayStation VR two is going to launch early twenty twenty three, and I love this because it's an article from Gamatsu. All like I'll read you every piece of text in the article. PlayStation VR 2 launches in early 2023. Release window set for PlayStation's next-gen virtual reality headset. PlayStation VR 2 will launch early in 2023. Sony Interactive Entertainment announced. The new virtual reality headset will be compatible with PlayStation 5. Further details were not announced. Yeah, it, the, the, the <laughs> announcement was literally simple. just... Uh, it's PlayStation. simple, it's elegant, love it. <laughs> yeah, the announcement was just literally every single PlayStation um, social media account Posting a picture of PlayStation VR 2 and going, coming early 2023. No, no other information. It was just that. And, and really, why? why the Chad you... meme. Uh, yeah, well, it, what's it to say? It's simple, to the point. We, we understand. None of that fluff, including technical detail or anything more than, than the 2023 release window. Not, anyway. not even a price. Who needs that? Nah, no, no, no. That, that'll come later. Uh, next up. In the list, uh, we have so this one's kind of interesting. This one, I've I've heard reported from multiple places, but I don't know what the initial spark of this was. Uh, it's that uh, speaking of Sony, um, not only have they announced that uh, in 2023 they'll be releasing PSVR 2, but it's possible that in uh, that in 2023 they're also going to have to pay out five billion dollars. <laughs> Five billion pounds, yeah, across the UK. Oh, pounds, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, For which... quotes, ripping people off. Yeah, so this this I find interesting. Uh, I don't think there's a huge amount of nuanced takes that we could give on this. 
Uh, I I don't think a lot of the claims hold as much ground as the people making the accusations think it does. Yeah, yeah. that was kind of my beat on it. So the whole thing alleges that Sony's making too much of a profit off of the 30% commission that they get on all in-game purchases slash uh, digital sales through their store, which, whatever your feelings about that are... I do think the 30% how... is too high, but that is also kind of the standard. I believe Steam, Microsoft, and Nintendo also do 30%. The only one that doesn't is Epic. I could be wrong about that. Um, 30% is usually the number I hear going around. Um, and yeah, it's, it's too high. That, that's just generally like they're cut from the retail price though. It's not like their 30% is adding to the retail price. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens with that. Yeah, I reckon it, yeah. it's probably one of those things like nothing will come of it and it'll slowly fade away. Because well, the, the thing is, is that this is done as sort of a class action style, which means that if it goes through, people could be uh, entitled to uh, somewhere between 67 pounds and 560 pounds. But I, even if this does go through, I don't really... There, there was one similar case of this with uh, Rocket League, actually, because it had infringed on one of the loot box policies in an EU country. I don't remember which one. And all that meant was that you, you as a user in Rocket League that had made a purchase over that time, you were entitled to some equivalent amount of in-game currency. I just don't see how Sony can just hand back... It'd well, be through PlayStation Sony... credit. PlayStation yeah, that's, that's credit. what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying, yeah. is that... Is that even if this even if this goes through, I don't see that Sony really loses anything here. I I think, and this this will be the funniest outcome to me, is somehow from this class action lawsuit, a lot of this is like, oh hey, Sony is monopolizing the PlayStation Store on their console, which is an odd claim to say the least. Um, you, you can very much twist it around to go, yes, you're right, they're, because they're the only digital storefront on the PlayStation itself. There, there are other ways to get digital codes outside of the PlayStation Store, though. But um, to me, the funniest outcome would be is if, like, they somehow go, okay, you know what? Um, you have to start adding other digital storefronts to the PlayStation consoles, and this goes around to the other consoles where it's like okay xbox you also need to have other storefronts on your console too mm. um pc gets away with it because they have steam they have uplay they have um epic, epic. <laughs> uplay <laughs> games for windows live <laughs> no no games for <laughs> windows live no longer exists thank the lord the steam but, killer yeah <laughs> but yeah it, it'd be really funny to me if it's like okay Sony, you need to put Steam on your console now. You also need to do the Xbox store. Just put every everything has to go onto those stores now, and you need to support them. Yeah. Anyway, cool. Interesting to see what happens with that. And yeah, definitely. On the list for this episode, we have a bunch of news from Gamescom. Uh, Woo! A list. Only... Yeah, we're, we're not yeah. going through the whole list. the The main thing I want to point out is that. For us uh, Sonic Frontier fans out there. Uh, the All three of you. Officially... <laughs> the game officially has a trailer. True. And is, uh, and is slated to be released November 8th. Uh, That's much sooner. 
than what I thought it was going to be. Everyone, everyone dunk on that. No, uh, it's about one. what I expected. They they kept saying this year, and November makes sense. Mm. The uh, other one that I'm excited for is that uh, the new Tales from the Borderlands. So this one, I am surprised. Uh, they we we knew that it was coming. They've given us a reveal trailer, and it's uh, coming out October 21st, which. I guess now that I say it out loud, is two months away. For some reason, I thought that we were already in September. So, uh, the fact that that's only two months away is uh, interesting, and hopefully, will give me enough time to play Tales from Borderlands One again in preparation for it. It took a lot of balls to have Randy Pitchford up on stage. <laughs> he could have yeah, done really, Was he really up there on stage? Yeah, Randy Pitchford was one hundred percent up on stage with Jeff Keighley talking about this game. Jesus it, fucking it was not a repeat quiet. of his medieval times uh, shenanigans. Did he try wet willying Jeff Keighley? I, I think there was a magic <laughs> trick involved. He, he made his dignity disappear. <laughs> yeah, but that, that's not really a magic trick. I know exactly how he did that. <laughs> he was Randy Pitchford. Yeah. I've, I've, I've seen through the magician's code for that trick. Try again. Uh, yeah. Um, any, any of these that you wanted to pick out? Um, I'll let Steve uh, go first because I might have a couple I want to pick out. Uh, like Lords of the Fallen looks pretty good. That was pretty the much... Lords of the Fallen. The original game is called Lords of the Fallen. The they're calling it a reboot, or um, but it's they, essentially they got rid of the number two from the sequel. Yeah, it's essentially a sequel. I what's going on there? It was a very it's a Dark Souls clone essentially. It was one of the first ones, um, in my mind anyway, that was actually sort of like good. Um, Tales from the Borderlands, that leaked out earlier this week. That sounds sick. I love the first Tales of the Borderlands game. Um, it sort of depends on... It's coming out soon, like in October 21st, I think. So it's coming out very soon. I'm very excited for that. Uh, wow, that's crazy. Did, did, you, did you not hear it when, when I said it? Or you just wanted to hear your own voice say it again? No, I thought... <laughs> Seth said which ones I'm excited for. <laughs> um... <laughs> Bro, it's a yeah. yes or no question. <laughs> Patrick, what did your therapist say about yes or no questions? <laughs> Sorry. No. Um, yeah, but, no. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty much um, the, high on life. I saw the trailer for that as well. That's that Rick and Morty. Yeah, I, I thought that was it, a bit much. That uh, game is one. Of, it's it's going to be one of those things like there's going to be like three or four funny memes that come out of it. And the rest of the game is going to be like, okay, shut the fuck up. Yeah, like, and literally the entire trailer for that was me going, okay, shut the fuck up. Yeah, like, I, am I going to play it? Yes, but only because it's on Game Pass. Um, yeah, that's right. It is day one Game Pass, and I think it's just Xbox and PC. Game Pass, baby. Uh, and that Park Beyond, that theme park sort of... Uh, it, it's calling itself an amusement park simulator. Um, but it's but a roller coaster sure tycoon sim. Yeah, but they were... Uh, there was one that was like hyper realistic Planet Coaster that came out a while ago, um, and that uh, it was just roller coaster on steroids. But it went too much into the nitty gritty. I thought so. Hopefully, this one sort of maybe because I'm playing Two Point Campus at the moment. I just sort of like being chill and not having to worry about a fail state. But let, let's sort of see. I love theme park simulator games. I love theme parks. Fun fact about me: cannot get enough of them. Yeah, theme parks are pretty cool. Not fucking pretty I cool. Been, I love them. I haven't them. been I to too many park. in my life. I think the last oh. time I went to a theme park, I was like 14. All right, we're going to Luna Park. Let's Luna go. Park was the last one I went to, too. All right, let's go. 
All right, I, I, I'll, I'll pack my bags. Do they have New, New Zealand Park in New Zealand? Do they even have amusement park in New Zealand? We have Rainbow's End. Rainbow. Is that the Rainbow Warrior reference? <laughs> wow. <laughs> that sounds like sick. There's a roller coaster there. I don't I'm always jealous of roller coasters because Luna Park doesn't have one. God, yeah, I love roller coasters so much. Roller coasters we, we are pretty a, sick. We have a couple other amusement parks, but the Rainbow's End is sort of the, the main one. Uh, so I've clicked on, I googled Rainbow's End, and it comes up with a bunch of uh, unicorns at the start. Is this a My Little Pony fan page? Look, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I, Patrick, next is time there I'm something in, you want to tell us? Next time I'm there... I'm in Auckland. Is that a yes or no Are question? We... <laughs> okay. Maybe. Um, no. I'm done. Um, so my list is going to be more exhaustive than either of them because there's a couple of things I want to shit on. Um, there was this game announced called Everywhere. Uh, it was by ex-Rockstar developers. Um, it, it looks really weird. They, were just, they started off the trailer with a bunch of concept art then it started going into like Here's all these different biomes and gameplay styles and just a mishmash of things. And then the developers start talking about how they wanted to make the game very community focused. The community is going to build up the game. The community is going to do this. The community is going to do that. And it was setting off all sorts of red flags for me. And it's like, this doesn't sound good or has direction. It's a, it's a metaverse game. It's an NFT game. It's instantly on the shit list. Yeah, boy. Also, the name everywhere is so stupid for a game. And especially when it's everywhere, but the last E is a free. It, it, everything about this sucks. <laughs> um, don't have a lot to say about it, but Dune is getting a open world survival MMO, which is pretty interesting. Um, it seems like they're just going all in on the Dune IP now uh, that they can. Uh, Sony is doing the DualSense Edge. The, uh, the DualSense is now going to edge you because it is now getting its own Elite controller to compete with the, um, the Xbox Elite controller. Uh, Callisto Protocol, I am super excited about. I love Dead Space 1 and 2. I never played 3, but missing having... Out. What was that? You're missing out. Uh, I'll, I'll get to 3 at some point. No, you won't. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> um... No, I I really uh, having uh, um the creator of um the first Dead Space coming back and doing a spiritual successor is really cool. Um, the combat gameplay they showed off in this trailer was fantastic, and it is super gory. Um, they they end off the trailer with showing the main character getting sliced in half, and I remember Dead Space One having a lot of brutal kills, and this is going a notch even further. I'm super excited for this. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll bring it up since, it, uh, Steven didn't mention it. Hogwarts Legacy got a new story uh, trailer. I need bring it up. Um, it's, it's showing a lot of, um, the dark magic stuff that's going to be going on. Um, and making mention of Salazar Slytherin. Maybe, maybe this is a Slytherin exclusive storyline. It's, it was a very short trailer and you couldn't gleam a lot of information from it besides hey, dark arts and dark magic is bad and forbidden and you mess around with the dark arts and you fucked around and found out. Um, they also said that this, uh, the Switch version is coming at a later point compared to the other consoles. That's, that's not a 
good look to me. Um, I, I think that the Switch version probably might not come out if it's going to be pushed back like that. Um, they also announced a release date with this, didn't they? I think uh, was... They did it early this week or last week. I think it's like February or something. Yeah, February uh, 8th or something. Around, look, around there. Let me know when they've got a date for when it's going to be 70% off. You know what? Actually, the, the, there's like the announcer the deluxe edition as well. It is literally fucking $500 and you get like early access plus a couple of other bullshit things. And a, um, and a wand, which is like the only physical thing there, I think. It's $500. Yeah, it's insane. Oh, yikes. Uh, Dying um, Light 2 got its first expansion showed off. I'm yeah, don't care. I, I'm kind of keen for this because I just got Dying Light 2. Um, thank you, Trancy, for getting that for my birthday. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Dead Island. No, no, Dying Light. This, okay. this is the first person we, parkour one. We spoke about this in the break and I'm still confused. Never mind. We, we will get to Dead Island later. You know, you know what probably confuses you about this? Dying Light is made by the people that made the first Dead Island. And then, is it? I, I don't care. And now Dead Island 2 is being made by someone else. You can, you can just hear in, in, that, in that gap the sound of Steve's like, brain trying to figure it out. Gives up. Don't care. Moves yeah. On. yeah. There, there was like no. an exasperated noise as his brain was ticking. Um, yeah, like, like Patrick mentioned before, Sonic Frontiers got a trailer and a release date. Finally, a trailer for this game that actually makes this look like a game that functions. Goat Simulator 3 got its gameplay shown off that, uh, and its November 17 release date. I think that looks fantastic. Um, Subnautica developers showed off a game called Moonbreaker. This is, this is a minifig game that's like a turn-based tactical RPG competitive game, I think. It's... It looks really cool, and they're leaning heavily on the minifig aesthetic, and to the point where you can repaint all of the figs you, figurines yourself and make them look how you want them to look. And I think that's really fucking cool. Um, coming into early access at the end of September. Um, yeah, I'm going to keep an eye out on that. Uh, and then I think it's just. Yeah, scrolling through this, I think it's just, um, oh, no, nah, I don't want to shit on Gotham Knights, it gets shit on enough. Yeah, um, the, we'll see how that comes out. All right, uh, Hideo Kojima announced that he, he was threatened by the Fast Travel Lounge and is now starting his own <laughs> podcast to compete with us. Sounds based. It, it is exclusive to Spotify and will be releasing September 8th. Um, yeah, and, 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 you know, we, we should clarify our position. Uh, it's fine so long as he doesn't get sponsored by Krispy Kreme. We have not said the K-word this whole podcast. <laughs> yeah, he, he snuck it in right at the end. Very good, Pat. We've, we've hit our quota. One donut. And then right at the end of the show was Dead Island 2 was shown off. Uh, release date is February 3. Uh, they showed off a CGI trailer, then a gameplay trailer, which was just a bunch of cuts of like very graphic and brutal scenes. I want to see like, actual proper gameplay before I can get fully excited for this. But the first Dead Island was fine, so um, I'm, I'm keen to see what Dead Island 2 is like. And, yeah, yeah that, that's my list for Gamescom done. Finally. That's what I reckon. 
Right. Well, uh, not only is that list done, but our list of news is is done for this week. Charge! What 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 did we win, Steve? What 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 were the quest rewards? Um. Uh, man, you really put me on the spot with this. The, the rewards were the chance to listen to me continue to talk and bumble around. You get a free copy of the $500 edition of Hogwarts Legacy. No, no one should. If you, you know what? If anybody buy, buy $500, at least you got fucking rocks in your head. <laughs> I, I don't $500 is the price of a console, I think, at the moment. Uh, a bit more, actually. I think $750 for the next gen. But like for like the old generation, like the Xbox One Xs and the PS4 Pros, um, I don't see. Uh, boggles the mind. Four, $500. 500 is way old. too much for a game, and that's coming from someone that spent 350 on Final Fantasy 15. Ten-year-old Patrick would have been <laughs> so stoked to get 500 bucks. <laughs> Do you know how much I would have bought for 500 bucks as a ten-year-old? I would have probably bought like five games for 100 dollars. I, I, I could have, I could have just like, I, I could have had assistance, right? Like, like, uh, child, child slavery laws don't really apply. I, uh, like when, when you are the child employer as well. Like, I could have had. I could have had an entire crew. Is that how it works? I, I assume so. Does do it you know, not? Do you know how oh, many man. games uh, Steven could buy with all his pe- uh, penny pinching? <laughs> yeah, literally like a million dollars. So uh, I'm just looking at the EB Games um, advertisement for it. It's a floating... It's a, it's a wand with a floating... It's a floating do, wand. Do you want to put the picture in the podcast chat? Not really, but I will because you called me out. <laughs> not really. I mean, I can I can just do it myself because I'm Too looking late, at I it. I posted well. it. I posted it. I love how funny it's a picture of Goatsy. <laughs> I should have done that. Would have been funny. I I would have been extremely upset if it was. <laughs> you, you would have gotten me. You would have gotten me really good if it was Goatsy. <laughs> uh, I I guess I'm I'm just a little confused by what I'm looking at because what I'm looking at does not. Equate to like five hundred bucks. You're right. It doesn't. You but get seventy. Would, it's probably be five hundred bucks, Seth. I don't get it. Because Warner Brothers knows that Harry Potter is a money milking machine. Okay, I'm upset now. Call us out. Uh, right. Well, uh, moving on from the news for this week, we have an audience question uh, sent to the mailbag, lounge at gmail dot com. Uh, it's from Google and says help strengthen the security of your google account so uh boys what are your thoughts on 2fa uh i'm I'm four personally 2fa is pretty cool but um if we activate 2fa on our podcast email it's going to it's going to lock everyone else out besides the person that's got a 2fa looks like it's a race to um (laughs) so who's going to enable it first i'm a big fan of 4fa no, that I sounds like a lot is, of hoops to jump through. It's just secure. Someone texts me, someone um, calls me, um, someone knocks on my door to confirm my identity. And um, someone gets your mum's credit card number. Someone calls mum. Is your son trying to log into Instagram? I don't know, probably. It's old. <laughs> All right, that's good enough for me. But, but the question is, Steve, where, where do you live? How, how do we know that you're living in the right address? Well, I recently moved. Good point. Like we we have your address, actually, uh, Seth. Do you do you have to go that. through? Do do you have to go through four uh, uh, FA to change your address? And is one of the steps going to your old address to confirm that you moved? 
that's actually true. But, that, that, does it get locked up from you changing your address because they can't confirm that you're at your old address? Okay, no, no, no joke. I had to get into my bloody iCloud uh, account recently because someone sent some stuff that I could only, like, uh, he sent it via an iCloud share link. So I had to get back into my iCloud. Now, this thing, I never touch. I barely use anything on Apple. So when I go to log in, uh, I use a password that I thought was the right one. Oh no, it's the wrong password. That's fine. I, you know, forget my password every every so often because of like Apple TV and other bits and pieces. It's fine. I'll just I'll just create a new one. It'll, it'll be fine. Create a new password. Uh, it goes absolutely fine. Creating a new password, absolutely fine. I go to log in. This account has been uh, has been locked due to security concerns. Please enter two of your security question answers. And the two and the two questions were like, ah. Oh, well, I, I know these. I mean, obviously you should know all of them, but it's like, these are these are zero ambig ambiguity questions. I know exactly what answers I would have put down for these. Both wrong. Okay. Can I reset my security questions? Sure. Just go to Patrick's iPod. Okay. I haven't used an iPod in five years. <laughs> have to go find Patrick's iPod to reset my fucking security questions to get into my iCloud account. I found the iPod, <laughs> had to find a charger for the iPod, had to charge it for an hour because it had been dead because it hadn't been used for five years. So long story short, to check that someone was able to send some video files to me, it was a 90 minute process to get back into my uh, iCloud account. Jesus so, Christ. Uh, three, three FA is no joke. So just, I, you probably don't know the answer to this offhand. But I'm betting the um the failed security question was as simple as you just forgetting capitalization. Nope, tried it both ways. Oh damn! Okay. Yeah. Because I know security so, questions get really stupid about that. Yeah, I so that, that's that's what I thought it was. So the I I understand why they did it this way, but it was really frustrating that because you had to answer two of them, I I assume when I created the answers, I capitalized them all the same way. But the fact that it told me both were incorrect. I assume it would tell me that if either of them were incorrect, rather than you got this one right, you got this one wrong. But it just tells you that, both were wrong. Exactly. Yeah. Which 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 meant that uh, let uh the actually, I. Yeah, it's a security question. Doesn't really matter. One of the security questions was uh the name of your childhood best friend, and oh, I, was it the guy I, trying to send you the video? Well, that that's the thing is that there are a few people that it could have been. Me making the security question at the time, I know unambiguously, at least I think, who it would have been. So, either I've uh, either my recollection of my best friend has changed, <laughs> or it was the other security question that I was getting wrong. But it was bloody frustrating in uh, in in either case. Um, anyway, hopefully that answers your question, Google. <laughs> Actually, we, we we didn't get the yay or nay from Steve. Uh, yay from me. Yeah, yeah, yay from Steve. That, that is a yes or no question. Fine, I'll go increase our security on our Google account. Mm, Wait, no. no, stop. <laughs> hey. I will log it to my phone number. <laughs> we, what we, happens we, if you change we, your we phone? That to, to... I've, no, I've, I've had the same phone number for 12 years now, maybe even longer. All right, granddad. So, so Seth, if you could just stick your address in the chat, that way we know which address you're locking it to. Yeah, sure. <laughs> why not? Put Actually, in the video to, be safe, to, to, to be to be safe, you should probably stick uh, 
Okay, so what you've done is you put Steve's address in the chat, which wasn't what I asked for, but Oh oh sorry, here let me let me put uh, let me put in my credit card details. Never just take Bro, a picture I, of your mom. I hear you typing card. gibberish. <laughs> I'm not typing gibbering because I just I just type very fast. Your credit card number doesn't have any numbers in it. <laughs> sure it does. It has a five, an eight, a four. There's a couple of threes in there. <laughs> More than a couple. I'll admit the G being in there is a bit weird. Bro, did you get scammed out of credit cards again? That's the fourth time this month. Actually, actually, you, you know what? You, you make might it have, sound like a put, common occurrence. Yeah, put put put, put, it's put not your that CBC common. code. Put your CVC code in chat. We need to check that you haven't been scammed. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is almost a coherent word. That one just says go fuck yourself. <laughs> It's close. <laughs> uh, right, well, uh, anyway, hopefully that answers your question, Google. <laughs> um, if you or someone you know has a question you'd like us to want to get in touch, we're on Facebook at Fast Travel Lounge, Twitter at Fast Travel Lounge, minus one of the L's, or on uh, good old uh, Gmail mailbag, which is, of course, where Google sent that totally not automated security alert, <laughs> fasttravelounge at gmail.com. Uh, please give us, give us a like on your favorite podcast platform and a review or comment if you can. All interactions help boost our voices within the algorithm and bring us one step closer to being the preferred gaming and pop culture news podcast sponsored by Krispy Kreme. Uh, with that, we come to the end of episode 30... Shit, 8? Yeah, 38. <laughs> about, about to lose it halfway through there. Uh, anything, anything big that people can look forward to next week from either of you? Um... I am playing What Remains of Edith Finch on a recommendation from Josh. And partially me. I, I enjoy parts of what that game did. Yeah. I enjoy parts of that game as well. Hmm. Anyway, I'll talk I, about that next week. I cool. am chewing through five games at the moment, so I will work my way through everything eventually over the course of the podcast. Two shows as well. So I got a lot to what? talk about. Why, uh, why don't you just do one at a time? That that would be a smart thing to do. We've been together on this podcast for almost a year. You know I'm not that smart. Fuck, has it been a year? Almost. Ooh. In some ways, it's disappointing that it's almost been a year, and we've done these almost weekly, but we're only at, we're only at 38 instead of closer to 50. We, we did yeah. take a whole month off. We did. did, we? We did. Oh, um, we did too. Yeah, 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 we, yeah, we right. took like... A month and a half off because of Christmas and then January being yeah. a clusterfuck. And in two or three episodes from now, we'll have to take another month off. Or alternatively, find a new host for a couple of weeks because I will not be able to do any episodes. But Ah, I didn't know that, but I might be in the same boat. I might go traveling for a bit. Hmm, let's see if we, our schedules line up. Hmm, and we'll have to come back and kick off. Fast Travel Lounge Season 2. Looking forward to it. Mm, seasons. I, I will uh, hopefully be a few more hours into Cult of the Lamb and maybe have an update for the first of the uh, monthly updates for Sunbreak. But we will have to wait and see with where we get to for those. But until then, I've been Patrick. I've been joined by Seth and Steve. Uh, hopefully Josh back next week. But uh, until next time, uh, see you later. Bye everyone, and happy birthday to my comprehensive car insurance policy. Fuck you.